I just appreciate money back, yo. Not sure why. <laughs> what up, what up, what up? Welcome to Bruising Banter Podcast, where the topic is the rocking and the brew. Well, happy to you. And I'm your host, Rob G. And with me, as always, the legendary brew crew. What's going on, Dad? What's going on? We're going to hold it down for them Absolutely. this Sunday evening. Absolutely. Shout out to uh, Lou and yo on these those vacation adventures. Exactly. Out in the land. the country and, t- and over in the West. Yeah. Say hi to Usher up, for me. <laughs> right. Watch this. Watch this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right, right. Uh, this is episode 171 of Bruising Bandit Podcast for the first time listeners. Hey, how you doing? Where you been? What's up? For the folks who are long-time listeners, glad that you made it back with us. Uh, we have right. a great show today. Um, so we're going to get right, jump right into it. I thought I had a, a comment for a second there. Uh, but like mm-hmm. I said, we do have a great show uh, for us today. So I want to bring into our podcast. We have uh, from South Carolina, James Beard, finalist award, a finalist award, award finalist. I guess that's the mm-hmm. way, best way to say mm-hmm. it. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as a creator of Black Food Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring to the podcast KJ mm-hmm. Kearney to the podcast. Welcome, sir. I like the sound effects. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to be here. That's awesome, man. Glad That's you can awesome. glad you can join us. Uh, uh, we are excited to have you here and learn more about what Black Fr- Black Food Fridays is, why why it got started, and even some of the black facts. Where how much work do you doing to get in all the good stuff? And so we'll get into that. But before we do, we always like to know what everybody is drinking on it. Uh, so what are we drinking today? And we always start with a guest. So uh, KJ, what are you drinking today? So to stay in line with the theme, I'm drinking two black beverages in one. So this this is the pineapple sweet tea from a soul food restaurant here in North Charleston called uh, Nana's. Mm. Um, there was a point where I was buying this by the gallon. Like it, it's, it's that good. And I've decided to mix it with, it's not beer, but it is a black-owned tequila. Shout out to Sean Combs. Sean Puffy, mm-hmm. he would Diddy, whatever that. he's going, brother love, whatever <laughs> right, right. he's going by right now. Right. 
But mm-hmm. uh, Deleon is a good. I like tequila. I'm more of a mezcal guy, but mm-hmm. I do like this tequila. So I'm mixing the two so we can, uh, you know, enjoy ourselves this afternoon. I okay. Know, I don't know if I ever had Deleon. I don't know. I think about it. I haven't either. I've seen the commercial for it. I, I think now they're like infusing it with like citrus and they're getting. I guess they're getting jazzy with it. They're getting jazzy with it. The same thing you did with Ciroc. So that would make sense. The same thing you did with Ciroc with all the flavors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. All right. Dad, what you drinking on? Well, um, similar to what KJ said with as far as falling in line, I decided to go with a pastry stout beer, you know, just in theme with, you know, Black Food Friday. But uh, anyway, this is a s'mores imperial pastry stout brewed with graham crackers, marshmallows, cocoa nibs, vanilla beans, and lactose. This is uh, from Conchahawken Brewing Company. And I'm going to need some black food after this because uh, the ABV on this joint is 11%. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be, while we're sitting here taping, I'm going to be uh, ordering uh, like some Chipotle or something to drop off at the door. <laughs> so if I segue over, it's because... I had a little bit too much. <laughs> but anyway, again, this is a Conchahaka uh, Brewing, and they are um, actually in King of Prussia, even though it's Conchahaka Brewing Company, very close to uh, that same area. This is one of my first from them, I, I believe. But uh, here's, a, here's a little flavor of the color. I'm drinking it in my um, uh, barrels and, and leaves cup. Um, but anyway, uh, shout out to Leo and, and fam. Uh, but this color, very, very dark. You can taste the um, lactose in it. You can uh, taste the uh, graham crackers. You can taste pretty much all the flavors that they're describing on a can. Uh, so for me, Contra Hocken Brewer Company, you got it right. Pass me another. All right. Sounds good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Rob. Yes, sir. What style did you decide to go with tonight? I'm actually drinking uh, from First State Brewing. It is a synthetic Uh-oh. Echo double IPA. Oh, it's eight percent. Uh, I IPA there you go. First State Brewing, uh, which yeah. has um, McKenzie, Centennial, and Simcoe uh, hops. There's mm-hmm. uh, notes of grapefruit, pine, and nectarine um, in there. Yes, like I said, it's eight percent. It's a it's a, a nice golden golden color right there. I just in my barrel and flow fest uh, glass glass uh, glassware. Black, we black, got that black beer, black uh, black. Uh, Black Beer Fest. Beer Fest, there it is. Trying to go with yes. that. But also have I got two beers because I would try to keep to the theme as well. So shout out to the shout out to the homie uh Mac Brewing Company. Black Mac. Mac I also had his uh IPA. Yeah, there you go. So I wanted to make sure I represent I'm gonna have I'm gonna try to drink this. I know this is ten percent. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if I have yeah, you have to go. High. Uh, both of them, but we'll see if I make it. If I start slurring, then you already know what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. All right, um, so everybody has uh, some good beverages. I think um, Tequila actually might do it. He might start slurring before we do. <laughs> hey, we'll see how he can hold his liquor. Let's see what KJ what, what you about. We'll see in a minute. Um, I'm I'm excited to prove my prove my worth. You know what I mean? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, without further ado, like we always say, we always like to know uh, who you are, where you come from. So the floor is yours once again. On the work, welcome you, KJ, to the podcast. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So you can tell us all about. I appreciate. Tell us all about Black Food Fridays, and tell us all about who you are to, to begin yeah, with. Yeah, we'll we'll start with who I am, and then we can get into Black Food Fridays later. 
Long story short, my name is KJ Kearney. I'm a native of North Charleston, which is in the state of South Carolina. Um, I'm what we call a, a, a binya. So in the Gullah Geechee community, we have Kumyas and Binyas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kumya is someone who came here, uh, and a Binya is someone who's been here. And so uh, because Charleston is rapidly gentrifying, 33 people a day move to the area, mm. it's rare to see a whole lot of Binyas. So I'm proud to mm-hmm. be from here, and I wanted That's to you know start start off the conversation with that. But, um, you know, I went to, listen, I went to all public schools, mostly black. And then I went to an HBCU, the illustrious South Carolina State University, home of the Mighty Bulldogs and the Marching 101. You got to say the whole thing. Yes, got to yes, say yes, the whole yes, thing. Yes, yes, got to say the whole thing. Uh, um, and I've done a whole lot of things, man. I've ran for political office. I've worked in politics. Uh, I've worked in public education. Um, and now I work as a community organizer for a nonprofit organization. Uh, called Charleston Promise Neighborhood, and I work with Black Neighborhood Association leaders to help them craft strategy and plan and, you know, execute those plans for their community, oh, nice. which ties in, you know, very well to what I do online with Black Food Friday. So mm-hmm. I build community in real life with Black people, and then I build community on the Internet with Black people. So it, mm-hmm. it, it encompasses everything I do. Um mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm always excited to have the opportunity to talk about either one of those, you know, those paths because they they really converge into one, right. into one purpose. And my purpose is to elevate Black people um, and work towards the the liberation of Black people and do it, but do it in a way that is fun. You know what I mean? You get more flies with honey. Right. And right. Um, so, yeah, you know, there are times where you got to punch a racist in the face, but I'm you know I much rather bring them along slowly and, you know, feed them and make them feel good. And by the time they realize they've been politically radicalized to supporting black people every week, mm-hmm. it's too late. Right. You know, you're, you're down now. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, man. Yeah. So I started black food Fridays in April, 2020. Okay. Um, right, right before the, yeah. Right. As the world was shutting down, mm-hmm. um, and it was, you know, I attended it for, you know, for it to be like, yeah, I'll post once or twice a week. Like, it's going to be a little side hobby for me. You know, I'll post mm-hmm. once or twice a week about uh, what Black-owned restaurants are open during COVID. Because, you know, mm-hmm. when 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 the, when the America catches a cold, Black people seem to get pneumonia. Right. We always get mm-hmm. the worst end of the stick. So I right. was like, well, what can I do in my little way to, to help Black people? Uh, And that's what I decided to do. And what I found out is that there was a lot of people who wanted that information. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after the murder of George Floyd, it kind of took off from there. Um, But I'm blessed that my, my path hasn't been slowed down because, you know, a lot of creators had a boost after that because America gave a shit about black people for like a strong six months. Right. It was like, (laughs) we really love black people. A lot of black people came up. Mm, a lot yeah. of black people came up, but then they went right back down to reality. But my, um, you know, my platform has continued to grow and expand and, you know, different opportunities, like you said, James Beard and all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited to, you know, answer your questions about what we're trying to do and what we hope to accomplish and, and everything in between. Well, well, one question I have just right off the bat was like you said, because you started happening in April. So were you already planning to do Black Food Fridays or just something that spurred from the shutdown of uh, because of COVID? No, that's a great question. So 
I was interested in doing something food related. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So in 2018, I wrote the proclamation uh, for the city of Charleston for Red Rice Day. Okay. And so we, you Mm -hmm. know, for those of you listening, I can get into a long convo, but basically think of red rice as the American cousin of Jalof, West African Jalof. Oh, yeah. And so um, because of the, you know, the ancestral ties, we, you know, we'll talk about another day. Yeah, but my neighbor, yeah, I, my neighbor is from uh, that part of Africa. They they make jollof all the time. Oh, word. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I wrote the proclamation for the city of Charleston in 2018. It got adopted. So I have my own day in the city of Charleston. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from that point, I was like, yo, like food might be the wave, especially living in Charleston. You know, Charleston is a food mecca right. in the mm-hmm. in the world, not just for, you know, South Carolina, but in the world, people come here to eat. So I figured like, okay, food might be something. And I had the opportunity to do some work with Charleston Wine and Food Festival uh, 2019 uh, and 20. I hosted an, an event called Soul Stroll where we did a tour mm-hmm. of black owned restaurants for the festival. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was like, yo, this is dope. I think I might want to, you know, go in this lane, but I didn't know exactly what that would look like. And then the world shut down. And at the time, y'all, I was writing a book. (laughs) I was writing a book about Beyonce being one of the world's greatest community organizers. I was going to explain the parallels because, again, you know, that's my work. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was about three or four chapters in. I'm a nerd. So, you know, I said I needed to take a break, but it's always going to be different mental work. Right. Right. And so, I, you know, one day I was talking to my homeboy and like in in 15 minutes, I came up with the name, logo, domain. I bought the domain, like all that. I did it in mm-hmm. like 15 minutes. It was very, because I, again, I thought it was going to be like a little hobby, you know, a little, little post once or twice a week thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been posting every single day since April 20. I may have taken one day off, mm-hmm. maybe one, one, one day off, but Um, There's just so much information in terms of Black-owned restaurants, Black chefs, Black baristas, brewers, Black beer culture, you know, the whole nine. So Mm -hmm. it's been a labor of love. And um, it's tedious. It's not Mm -hmm. hard. It's just, it's tedious. But as my, you know, the good news is as my platform grows, people send me shit. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do as much research on my own. Now people are just like, oh, you know, what about this restaurant? What about this seasoning? What about this sauce? Right. So, you know, it's a blessing, though, that people have been sticking around for the last two two years and some change. That, that's a, that's awesome. So I needed to say, I guess that uh, Beyonce book has taken the, the back seat or have you? <laughs> it is. I mean, it's taking a back seat. I would like to get back to it. But, yo, this thing is not stopping. All right. mm-hmm. You know, I'm about to sign with a literary agent to write a book, a food book, or, you okay, know, nice. write a book where I'm writing the book proposal now so we can pitch some publishers. But. Um, yeah, man, Black Black Food Fridays is is doing things, and I want to see where this takes me. You know, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Now, now, do you like? Are you a chef or cook or or, or in the culinary space? Do you, like, do you really get down in, in in the kitchen? Oh yeah, I mean, if by get down in the kitchen you mean eat other people's <laughs> <No>. food, yeah, <laughs> I do that. Right, send me right, send me a platter. Who yeah, having that? Yeah. Who having that Friday platter special? Or who coming through the job or whatever, right? Whatever, right? Yeah, I'm really Fried good fish, at that. <laughs> I'm not too much of a, I'm not too much of a cook, but you know, with my upbringing, you know, I have a, a younger brother who loves to cook. I have my dad. My dad is the cook in the house, really. You know, um, I've been blessed that like every girlfriend I've ever had has been an outstanding cook. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you know, I've just been you know, my, 
my family, you know, I got aunts that manage restaurants and kitchens or just have a family full of people who know how to get busy. Yeah. So I've, I've never really taken the time to learn. I won't say I can't cook. I'll say I haven't taken the time to learn. And then with Black Food Fridays, people aren't interested in my cooking. Right. Mm-hmm. They want to know, you know, that they come here to find out who else cooking. Who else, right. Right. <laughs> Where can I get that soul food? I, I, exactly. I, I, didn't, I didn't know if you, like, threw in a recipe here and there. Well, this is my favorite recipe or, like, stuff Not like that. Not one bit. Nope. Huh. Uh, nah. So when you first started uh, Black Food Fridays, was it mainly, was it specifically for Charleston? Or was or were you already having the thought process of going outside of Charleston, like, um, I don't know, for... North Carolina or, or Georgia or, or Delaware for that for that matter in terms of uh, soul food or black food restaurants. Yeah, no, good, good. Another good question. It was never focused on just Charleston. Okay, you know because there are black people outside of Charleston, yeah. and the whole goal was to uplift black people wherever they may be or those businesses in specific wherever they may be. And so it's grown organically. That's something else I want to make sure people understand. Mm-hmm. I didn't come out the gate doing everything I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. I had one focus, find black restaurants, let people know they're open. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would be even so specific as being like, yo, this restaurant is open between the hours of this time and this time. Mm-hmm. And right now they're only taking Venmo, right? Or right mm-hmm. now okay. they're only taking cat. Like I was very granular with right. the information mm-hmm. just because I wanted people to be able to help. Yeah, I, you know, I wanted to remove Support those them. barriers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And give and then so, but it was the people who were like, okay, well, what about a sauce. Can you recommend a sauce or something? Mm-hmm. Can you recommend? Some? So then that started, I started putting, you know, black owned consumer packaged goods. And then people wanted to know about chefs. I'm like, okay, well I'll start talking about black chefs. And right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's just been a natural progression. I'm sure like with y'all podcast, right? Like you started off the podcast thinking we're going to do this mm-hmm. and then you get feedback and some of the feedback is good. Some of it is dumb, obviously. Yeah, right. Um, I'm not tweak some to, things. Yeah. You tweak some things, but I'm, I'm not one of those people to be like, there's no such thing as a dumb question. There are dumb questions. <laughs> there are dumb yes, questions. Are. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you know, so you just take that feedback and, and you, you continue to maneuver and, until you find your lane. And that's, yeah. I feel like we found, we found our lane. Right. That's what's up. All right. So from so from that, I guess in terms of the feedback or the questions and stuff like that, and the question you were getting in terms of sauces and, and is that did that and you said you I think you said you was a nerd earlier, is that where black food facts came from? Or you said, you know what, let me also add some some facts in this. Man, so uh no, let me tell you where it came from. So I had a home I have a homegirl, not had, I have a homegirl who is also a food blogger. Or she was. She's kind of pivoted into something different now, but whatever. So she was like, uh, this was like, the, the I want to say this is 20. Yeah, the this is like in the middle of 2021. She was like, yo, you need to get on TikTok. Mm. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, I don't want another platform, right? Like, I don't want to deal with another platform. And, you know, pardon my ignorance, but at the time, I thought TikTok was just dancing. You know right, right, I mean? right. I got like twelve year old nieces. Like, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be on the internet dancing with them. No disrespect, but that's just not right. what I'm trying to do. All right. All right, let them have so, that. Yeah, let them have that. Let you know, let the kids have their thing. But my friend was like, "Nah, man, the growth potential on TikTok is crazy. Like, mm-hmm. your your opportunity to go viral, your opportunity to build a fan base, like it's 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 insane." So I tried it like at the end of maybe 2021, maybe mm-hmm. tried a couple videos. 
they wasn't really hitting on nothing. I ain't getting no views, you know? So I was like, man, fuck it. I'm not doing this. I didn't want to do it in the first place. <laughs> and, and she was like, no, nah, man, like, try it one more time. Like, give it one more shot. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, well, if I'm going to be on this platform, I'm going to just do what I want. And right. what I wanted to see was history, you know? Right. Like, I wanted to learn something in 60 seconds. So I was like, well, I'll just do that with food. So mm-hmm. that's where Black Food Facts came from. Was like, well, what is the content that KJ would want to see if he was scrolling TikTok? And so mm-hmm. that's what I did. And my first video was about, I believe my first video, oh, it was about Hennessy. Mm-hmm. Black people, black people, and black yeah, people. We, we actually like, questions on the podcast, actually. We actually questions on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we, uh, that was my first video, and that shit took. Oh, give me some facts. Give me some, actually, give me some you know, facts. It's funny black because somebody, somebody, we asked this question on the podcast and somebody actually forwarded us or forwarded us your black food facts and tell us about oh, why. Word. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 I, well, I mean, everybody, you know, who's listening or watching, they may not know. So, you know, one of the things about uh, the black American uh, love for Hennessy that people don't know is that it stemmed from war. You know, so mm-hmm. when black GIs were in France, you know, trying to help liberate French people, mm-hmm. the French people were like, thank you for saving our lives. Here's this thing we drink called cognac. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the black GIs was like, uh, nigga, this is lit. <laughs> Can we get more of this? <laughs> and, and they and they brought that love for cognac back to America. And, and fortunately, whoever was running Hennessy at the time saw that. And they were the first people to uh, first major spirits brand to advertise in magazines like Jet, you know, like mm. they, they saw that black people in America oh, were really rocking with the brand. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it was Jet and maybe Ebony as well, but mm-hmm. one of the two. So they were like putting money up like, yeah, black people drink this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you got to think we talking about like 1960s or 70s. There wasn't a whole lot of major corporations outside mm-hmm. of like, you know, food and cars mm-hmm. advertising to black people and so that love you know from from it's almost like a trauma bond i, I would imagine that if mm. you're going through a war mm-hmm. you know if you find anything positive from a war you're going to be like attached to it mm-hmm. so it's a little yeah. bit of a trauma bond but then it's also smart business moves from whoever was running hennessy at the time to see like oh there's a whole bunch of you know people in this other country that really like this we're gonna we're gonna support them mm-hmm. Like that, uh, they forgot. Yo, they forgot they were in the war with drinking the brown. It was like, oh, we, we in a war. <laughs> so, 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 so something, something else that I just that just popped in my head as you were telling the story about war, and um, I saw something on, uh, might have been Instagram or might have been Facebook. Can't remember which one, but um, the idea of what's now called Korean chicken, right? Mm. Korean fried chicken. And um, one of uh, one of the food hosts, like the, the, they were cooking, uh, this Korean was cooking a uh, fried chicken and they were like, oh, you know, it's so good. It's one of the best. And the the the, the judge was like, it's because uh, during the war, the blacks showed you all how to cook chicken. Right. And that's where it came from. Don't make it seem like that, you know, you guys invented this or made this. Uh, the linkage is from. The, the blacks showing you how to make this Korean chicken. Post about this. This chicken. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I did. I made a post about that. And Dev, you know, what's so interesting about what's so interesting. So first of all, a shout out to Alton Brown. Alton mm-hmm. Brown is like one of the OG food nerd men on television, you know, mm-hmm. 
Um, and yeah, he's the one that, you know, rightfully so gave credit to black, again, black GIs, right? Right, right, like, right. Black GIs in Korea teaching people how to fry chicken. You mm-hmm. know, the post I made was less trying to debunk Alan, uh, Alton because he was right. So there's mm-hmm. nothing to debunk. Right, right, but right. more so to bring context, right? Right. And what I mean by that is, you know, um, James Naismith invented basketball. A right. white man invented basketball. Mm-hmm. But that's he made seasoning. it a hotline. He made it a hotline, right? We made it a hot song. Right. In, in right. the words of Jay Z, right? Uh-huh. So like we took his sport and we took it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And my whole thing was like, you know, let's not discredit Koreans. We can give credit to our black brothers and sisters who taught mm-hmm. them the way, but like let's not take away from what the Koreans have done with fried chicken. Cause again, we made it a hotline. They made it a hot song. What Koreans are doing with fried chicken mm-hmm. is outstanding. And mm-hmm. they, we mm-hmm. can't take credit for what they've done with it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like right, right, right. we did introduce now. And to be fair, we didn't introduce the frying of chicken. They've been frying chicken since like the 1500s, mm-hmm. but they was just dumping all, you know, whole chickens in, you know, hot like grease, peanut like grease or whatever. Yeah. Peanut yeah, whatever. yeah. Like that's, that's how they was getting down. Mm-hmm. And so when they realized like, Oh snap, you can bread individual pieces of chicken and sell that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they, they took that concept and started doing some futuristic things with it. So, you know, yeah, Man, I want some, I want some rings right now. Though. No, you know, right? You, or order that for the for the high <laughs> gravity. You know, I know, right? Settle yourself, yo. Uh, I think, but I yeah, to, yeah. So that's it. I used to think I was a foodie, but I don't know if I missed this whole Korean chicken wave. Like maybe I haven't had. Oh, it. I, I have. I have had it. I've had it at least once a month or, when I'm at when I go into the office. Or the, uh, the, Korean or, chicken or is, the, is, is really that Korean good. chicken called? It's like a it's like a B. It has, it's a franchise too, right? They don't, don't they have a Korean chicken franchise place. No, there's a place called Jollibee's. Okay. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing it right. I think they're Thai or Filipino. I think it's a Filipino uh, franchise. But mm. apparently their fried chicken, I've never had it, but, you know, apparently their fried chicken is outstanding too. Mm. Um, but, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, listen, I get that. I and it's You know, and I don't even blame black people for wanting to fight for credit because, mm-hmm, right. you know, throughout our history, we don't get credit for things. So, you know, I get that, but I, you know, my post was just like, I, my brothers and sisters, like, we don't have to disparage Korean people because they are making some of the best fried chicken in the world right now. Mm-hmm. We don't have to disparage them just to lift up our brothers and sisters and, you know, and make sure that they get the credit that they deserve. Now, if that, that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we have been um, written off a lot in terms of, oh, we mm-hmm. had, you, you had no. Like people act like they, we had no uh, contribution to society. And, oh, we made this stuff, mm-hmm. but you was also still in rock and roll and stuff. And so, I mean, music, uh, black mm-hmm. music was all. Every music is black music at this <laughs> at one point. Listen, and can can we say real quick? Uh, this is an aside. When you said music and black people and stealing, and I just want to, for the record, black people really gotta like. And I'm not telling you you gotta like Drake's new album. Okay, let me just say this up front. I'm not telling you you got to like the album. But what I am telling you is stop saying that he's making white people music because house music is black. Black people, black gay men in Chicago invented house music. True. Mm-hmm. So like 
if you don't like the album, fine. Just say you don't like the album. But see, like, and that's a place where we should be giving credit and we're giving that credit away to somebody else, right? Like, we made house music. So if anybody should be profiting off of that, it should be us. Mm-hmm. That's it. I just want to get off that little that little music. Yeah, and I went to, I went to uh and I went to uh school in uh in New Jer- in Jersey, which is big clubhouse music place. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, this is hype, this is dope to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back to my college days. <laughs> I was like Time for the percolator. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> so that made it the it. that made it the uh the new arc and the, the UD cannabis quick. Right, 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 right. There you go. The Korean spot in Chicago. Yeah, that Korean spot. So this is so the, the Korean uh, chicken place that I'm talking about is a franchise that originated in Chicago. It's okay. CM CM Chicken. They've okay. made it to Philadelphia now on University City campus. I work uh, right up near UPenn, and uh, some good chicken, man. Okay, word. Yeah, yeah really yeah. good chicken. Yeah, CM yeah. CM, I, I CM, CM Chicken. Yeah, yeah. So. So, so going back to the black facts, like so, people who 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 don't follow the page, and like, is there one black fact like doing your research and stuff that you like? Oh my goodness, I think everybody should know this. Oh, I mean, I, I know you want everybody to know all the facts, but is there one that just really stood out? Like, oh snap, I didn't, I didn't even know this when I was even going and looking for it. Yeah, I think one of the most eye-opening black food facts was the fact that the one black. Disney princess that we have, Princess Tiana, mm-hmm. is actually modeled after a real black woman who was a chef mm. um, in New Orleans. Yes, so there's a there's a restaurant, Dookie Chase, yeah, mm-hmm. that's in New Orleans. Then they they literally pattern that woman, the character after Leah Chase. Wow, um, and so that blew my mind. Right, like mm. not only do we have a black princess, but this black princess was a real woman. Like they really yes. modeled it after her. So that was one of the most eye opening facts for me, man. Oh, nice. That's awesome. I, I don't think I want to say I went, I think I went to her restaurant when we were down in New Orleans. We were down there um, for your birthday. You went right yeah. for that year. You went for your birthday. Yeah. Probably, yeah. probably because I think, I think it's just, it's already, it was already a significant spot anyway, before mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the Disney movie. But I think after the fact, it became even more of a destination. Uh, for people to go and check it out, because I, I think she passed away maybe a year after I uh, went down there, or so. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, okay. Uh, so I, I have a question, just in terms of like you uh, seeking out uh, uh, facts of of, mm-hmm. of black food or food in general. Like, where has this this journey taken you? You know, outside of your state, out of the country, like, or and, and or where do you want? it to take you oh man first of all let me just say y'all are uh y'all are asking some really good questions here mm-hmm. where do i where do i want to take it let me be very specific though because mm-hmm. there are many things that i want to do right like i mm-hmm. have i you know people laugh at me but I, i'm dead ass like i have a hundred year plan oh okay right? like i i, I are have you plan to be here Nah, no, nah, like I, I don't oh. want to be here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> okay, you but, know what I mean. Sort of okay. like I don't know if y'all watch Hamilton, mm-hmm. yeah. but you know, one of the, one of the amazing parts of Hamilton is when George Washington was like, "Yep, I'm not going to. I don't want to be president anymore." Right, right, and like, mm-hmm. and and Alexander Hamilton was like, "What? What do you mean you don't want to be president? Like, no, like I don't want to be in charge forever. Like I don't want to be making posts forever. I don't want to be. Right. You know what I mean? Like." Right. I want to create something that lives on, whether you know who KJ is 
or you don't know who KJ is. And so, you know, what that looks like is, you know, retail. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to get into when I say retail, I want to get into the food space. So, you know, mm-hmm. me and my brother are trying to open up a concept next year um, that there isn't, you know, where it's something that is very popular in the African diaspora, but not necessarily in the black American diaspora. Okay. Um, you know, I don't want to let the cat out the bag yet, but like, I'll tell y'all, you know, <laughs> afterwards, you know, I'll right. tell y'all afterwards. All right. So, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to make some, some, some spots like that again, you know, not okay. only providing opportunity for revenue, but providing opportunity for ownership mm-hmm. because we don't, have a lot of opportunities for black people who don't already have a lot of money Mm -hmm. to become business owners. And the model that me and my brother are setting up, if we do it right, Mm -hmm. will involve skin in the game, right? Like you're going to have to put some bread up, but it's not like trying to buy a Mm Chick-fil-A. Right, 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 right. You don't got a million dollars. You need 50 grand or... Bro, for Chick-fil-A, if you don't have a million, you need to cancel that. Right, right. Like, you know, I mean, when you add up all the all fees, the costs, you know, yeah. all the costs, and right? Because you have to have some yeah, like liquidity is is a crazy just to begin with. You had to have a lot of liquid assets. Absolutely mm-hmm. right, and you know, and there was a time where you can open a church's chicken restaurant for like forty thousand. Yeah, you know, if I remember correctly. So you know, that's part of the reason why you see them in mm-hmm. the hood is because it don't really cost that much yeah. to start it. So we kind of want to copy that model to create a business model that other black people, even if they're not millionaires, if you got enough, you got enough homeboys with some drive and a little 401k money, you know what I'm saying? Like y'all can put in together and, and do this thing. So, Mm -hmm. so that's one thing. The second thing that we'd like to do is create a black food academic conference Mm. Um, because there's no place right now for black people who write about food or study food to go and share their work. Okay. And and one of the ways that you make something worth academic study is to have a place to show your shit, right? Talk right. your mm-hmm. shit and showcase your work. Mm-hmm. And right now there isn't that in the food space, not specifically for black food. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's something that we want to do. And I, of course, I want that conference to go on for 100, 200 years. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I want them to be like in, in memory of KJ Kearney, you know, mm-hmm. welcome to the, welcome to the, 2122nd yeah you know, year 2122 conference right like i want i want to live on yeah. forever um and then last but not least is media you know i want to and 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 i i have some some strong partnerships uh that are helping me navigate this space you know shout out to my uh entertainment lawyer cliff shout out to cliff okay. shout out to w kamal bell the emmy award winning yeah host of United Shades of America. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah he's helping me out. Oh, nice. um, and so, yeah, like I want a TV show. Like we, we okay. TV, TV, people think that TV is the end goal, but really TV is like the halfway mark of this right. hundred year point. Not even, right. it's like the first 10 steps. Like just of the start. It's point. like the start. Yeah, like, yeah. like Jay-Z's was the rap album, but then he became, he built right. everything after the fact. Right. I want to be that guy. It's one thing to have all these great ideas, but it's another thing to be, oh, you're that guy from that thing. Right. And mm-hmm. TV is still powerful enough, even with all the streaming and all that, that certain shows are able to break through the noise and you can be known as that guy from that thing. And that leads you to get funding and it leads you to into rooms you didn't know exist to create more opportunities and, you know, things of that nature. So 
I mean, and that's just like the first three ideas, bro. I have so many ideas and, and things that I want to do that yeah, if we do half of them before I die, like I'll be, I'll be a happy man. That, that was funny because <laughs> one of the questions I actually was thinking when I, when you were speaking earlier, I was like, um, now that the world's opening back up, are you going to do like a Guy Fieri type Black Food Fridays type of thing where you like, I'm here at the yeah. spot. Right, you know right. I mean? That's because I saw that when you, when you were talking earlier. I was like, well, that, this definitely can pivot now to something different. And it's funny that media is part of the thing, kind of like a, a take on Guy Fieri and Anthony Bourdain type of thing where you actually are in the, in the black spaces and trying the foods, maybe helping out doing a recipe. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, exactly what you have in mind, but I definitely can see uh, that being um, part of the recipe. So that, that's something I'm looking uh, forward to. That that's shout out to uh, um, W. Kamal Bell for helping because his show is actually pretty good. It's good it too. So he'd be going, he'd be asking crazy, uh, crazy stuff. Well, not he. He don't be asking crazy questions. The responses to his questions sometimes there be we like, go. "What the there fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, KJ, I got a, I got another one for you. Um, so speaking of, uh, you know, black foods and, um, you know, in some restaurants. So what are some staple um, black restaurants or black food? Um, you know, yes, restaurants in in staples in the community, even whether right right where you're from or 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 just at places that you like kind of put a pin in and said, I got to get there or I've been there. And, and, and yeah. what was the experience like? I mean, man. So there are so many, I'm privileged, you know, I think of running Black Food Fridays less of a job and more of a privilege Mm -hmm. because I get to see the expansiveness of Black creativity Uh in the culinary scene that people don't get to see because, you know, they live in their lives. Uh Um, As it relates to Black food that, that I think everybody should try, I mean... I'm super biased. I really think that every black person in America should take a trip to Charleston, South Carolina, at least once in their life. Okay. I mean, Charleston is the epicenter of American chattel slavery. Mm. Gaston's wharf is where Mm. they're building the new international African American museum Mm. is the place where it's estimated anywhere between 30 and 40% of every enslaved African took their first steps in Charleston. Mm. Um, and 80% of black people in this country can trace one, their lineage back to the Charleston metro area. You know, Gaston's Wharf was the Amazon of chattel slavery at one time. Mm. You know what I mean? So I feel like um, if for no other reason, every black person should take a trip just to learn a little bit about the history. Um, you huh. know, you think of blackness in America, the foundation of that is Charleston, you know, is mm-hmm. the enslaved men and women, the Gullah Geechee men and women uh, here, uh, that are based in, well, the federal government calls it the Gullah Geechee Heritage Corridor, but mm-hmm. essentially Charleston is the epicenter of that corridor. So, um, but in Charleston, there are a couple restaurants that I think are definitely worth. I did a food tour for a friend yesterday and we went to this place in James Island called Gillies, mm-hmm. G-I-L-L-I-E-S or apostrophe S, Gillies. Um, we had we had two black owned restaurants in Charleston that were James Beard Award winning restaurants. Mm. Like like when I say that Charleston is an embarrassment of riches and food, like and the only reason the one doesn't exist is because the woman retired. Mm. You know, like that's that's it. So the other one is called Bertha's Kitchen. 
It's in North Charleston, specifically where I live at, in the city of North Charleston. Um, and Eater just said they just listed them as one of the best fried chicken restaurants in the world, mm. in the nation. Excuse me. Um, in fact, you know, shameless plug, I just did a video about that list. Eater just for National Fried Chicken Day had a list of like the best fried chicken in in America and like nine of the restaurants were black owned. Um, and so if whether you go to eater.com or you go to the, the Black Food Fridays Instagram account, take a look at those nine restaurants, man. They are they're all over the nation. There's one in Phoenix, there's one in Bur- you know, in Alabama, there's one in Tennessee, South Carolina, you know. So depending on where you are, you might be, you know, hopefully within driving or a short flight distance. But I would start with that list, man. Start with those nine black owned restaurants okay. that are out here. Killing you, it on the Friday. As, as you're as you're saying that, I'm, I'm I'm texting my wife, but I'm putting it in a thread for a reason. I'm like earmarking. We're coming to we're driving to Atlanta um, in August for mm. a family wedding, and we have family in um, South Carolina area, mm-hmm. um, and we're talking about like splitting or, or like kind of breaking the trip up. That ten hour drive um, is doable, straight, but maybe we should you know make a stop. Uh, so. Uh, Charleston could be it, man. So yeah, as you I mean, now, these to, restaurants. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm jotting it down. To be clear, uh, Atlanta is like four and a half, five hours from Charleston. So it ain't it's a not really trip. on the way. Yeah, it's not on the way, bro. Like if you come to Charleston, you meant to come here. Like that yeah, wasn't. Yeah, right yeah, there. okay. Yeah, but yeah. In, in Atlanta, I mean, listen, I would try Pascal's. Okay. Um, they have a a long history. Well, first of all. It's been around forever. I mean, Martin Luther King used to go eat at Pascal's. Oh, nice. So, uh, you know, check them out. One of my favorite restaurants of all time is actually in College Park, which is right outside of Atlanta. Okay. It's called Virgil's Gullah Kitchen. Okay. Um, uh, G, G Smalls, he's from Charleston, but he, you know, now lives in Atlanta. Uh, him and his husband, they, bro. They they, get, they get down. Bro, like the <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean it's just it not only is the, the food great, the vibe is great, right? Like mm-hmm. the decor is great. And that's something that, you know, people ask me why I don't review a lot of black owned restaurants. Number one, I'm not really interested on shitting them on black people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to do a review because as my profile grows, my word means more. Right. And mm-hmm. I want to put positivity as it relates to black people out in the air. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna I don't wanna say something negative about a restaurant and then nobody goes there anymore. That person loses their livelihood, you know? Yeah, like, I'm not, nah. I don't want to be that guy. Don't be that type of influencer. Um, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, but when, when a rest, when a black owned restaurant has the resources mm-hmm. to really invest in their space, um, we shine, you know, I think mm-hmm. Pascal's is a good example of that. Virgil's gullet kitchen mm-hmm. is a great example of when you have a, the resources you can you can put out banging you know menu the menu mm-hmm. looks like the menu itself looks good mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the inside of the restaurant looks good they got murals on you know dope art on the wall they be having DJs every Sunday, you know what oh, I mean? Like, what? Yeah, like they have okay. DJs for brunch, bro. Like brunch be turned up at Vir- at Virgil's. Um what? and like I said, the, the social media is on point. The their their photos are on point. Like there's not a lot of black owned and, and again, I want to be clear, it's not that black people don't have the ability, but mm-hmm. that shit costs money. Right. 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 It yeah. costs money to gut a restaurant, you know, a space and make it look exactly the way you want. 
It costs mm-hmm. money to get somebody to design a nice menu and a nice website. It costs mm-hmm. money to hire this DJ every Saturday or Sunday, right? It, it costs right. money to take good photography for Instagram. Or mm-hmm. now, you know, you got to do reels. Reels is the is what the algorithm wants. That, right. that stuff costs money. Right. Um, so I, another reason why I don't fault a lot of, you know, I don't review restaurants is because, you know, a lot of our Black-owned restaurants, they're using money that they have earned from their real jobs or their to open, jobs. Yeah. Yeah, to, to open. To get it so off, like, off the yeah, ground. I'm not about to talk trash. What, people. Not to cut you off, but what uh, in speaking just in light of reviews uh, that you know you you say you don't do, but what is the one like review that most black owned restaurants or just general in, in general what restaurants um, are shooting for? It's like isn't it like a like a like some type of uh, like. I want to call it like the, it's like some type of medallion or some type Michelin of rating. Star, that, Michelin star, the Michelin star. Called? Michelin star. The Michelin yeah. star. Well, have you done any research to that, or do you know any like? Really I mean, kind of like the criteria behind it. Let me let me say this. So Michelin stars are ratings given out by the same people who make tires. Tires, for right? Some reason. <laughs> like, like, so, what? It's right? the same Michelin. The same Michelin. It's the same people. <laughs> same people. What? Yeah, it's the same. It's the same what people. What's wrong with these people? I mean, to be frank, it's genius. I don't know right. how they were able to parlay. <laughs> right. I don't know how they were able to do that, but the fact that they matter in both the rubber industry and restaurant mm, reviews, right? Oh. Like that's that's pretty interesting. But <laughs> yeah, <diversification>. so, <laughs> right, right, right. They really did diversify their their portfolio. Um, you know, I think a better thing to talk about is like. Why, why, why these things exist? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the games that have to be played in order to be on the radar, right? Yeah. If you're celebrating fine cuisine, right? That's that is a loaded statement because who's to say, right? What is or is not fine dining, right? Right. You know what I mean? Uh, who is to say what cuisine deserves to be elevated? What cuisine? should be relegated to street food or cheap food status. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm nominated, I got nominated for this James Beard Award and I and I'm thankful for it for the doors that it's open and I understand the prestige, but also at the same time, that doesn't mean that there are other black people who aren't doing dope shit. Right? Like mm-hmm. they they might not even know James Beard is a thing. Right. Should we spend our time trying to get them to bow down to this uh, this award that they don't even right. know exists? Same thing about a Michelin. If you're really, if you, yo, there's some black owned restaurants like uh, Chicken Hut in Durham, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. The Chicken Hut has been cranking out fried chicken for 60 years. Mm. Do you want to have a restaurant that's been around for 60 years or do you want a Michelin star? Right. right like, right. you know, like those are questions <laughs> like that, that you got to answer. So a lot of times in order to get on the radar of a James Beard or Michelin uh, star rating, like you got to have, Again, those resources, you got to have PR, right. you got to have marketing money, right? Like you mm-hmm. got to get into magazines, you got to get interviewed on dope podcasts like this, right? And, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and you gotta, you gotta have somebody whose full-time job is getting your name out there. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. if you don't got enough money to paint the walls inside your restaurant, you sure as shit don't have enough money to hire a PR person to get you on good morning America. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, again, would it be nice to see more black people winning these awards? Mm -hmm. Yes. But knowing what it takes to get these things accomplished, 
Is it worth the money? I don't know, right? Like how many more, for instance, I've gone to Bertha's Kitchen and that's the restaurant in Charleston, in North Charleston with the James Beard Award, right? Mm -hmm. They have that thing right in front of, because it's like a, you know, meet and three type place, right? Right Right in, before you pick your meal, (laughs) they have that award sitting right there. Right there. I've never, ever been in that restaurant and saw somebody, a black person, look up and be like, oh, these niggas got a James Beard Award. <laughs> right? Like, I ne- I've never seen anybody, right? And in fact, I was there filming um, a show for uh, Food Network with Miss Cartier Brown. She has a show mm-hmm. on Food Network called Delicious Miss Brown. Mm-hmm. And we were in there, and me and her were talking about it, and people next to us was like, what's that? Oh, that mm-hmm. thing right there, that's a big deal. We're like, yes, this is a huge deal. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, word, that's what's up. Hey, uh, can I get that fry flounder? Right? Like, right. Well, you know what I mean? I want this platter, though. Well, not, there we go. Not to make anything funny about it, maybe it should be, maybe Oprah or Tyler Perry should do start something too as well. So they'd be like, yeah, that's the Oprah Award or Tyler Perry, something that is more identifiable mm-hmm. in the black community. Representation. And maybe that's how Michelin saw it. Right. right? They was like, yo, we right. got we got a lot of credibility in this tire game. Maybe we should. People just- will ride behind us. They will fall in line. Right. Hey, I like what you did there. Ride behind us. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Good one. Yeah, but like, yeah, I mean, but similar, right? Like maybe yeah. you know, Oprah has Oprah's favorite thing. Right. Exactly. Right? And people care about that. And so yeah. if Oprah decided, hey, I'm going to start recognizing excellence in black cuisine, mm-hmm. I guarantee you. Our she did it with she did it with books and Oprah's yeah. favorite things, everything else, right? Oprah, if you do it, you owe me some money. <laughs> Absolutely. Know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, I yeah, I mean, I think you, I know you're joking, Rob, but there's mm-hmm. some. I think there's a, a lot of validity in that statement of our our notable black celebrities, and when I say celebrities, I don't just mean you know, I mean like people we give a shit about, like right. Oprah. We care about what Oprah thinks, right? Oh yeah, um, and and people like an Oprah. Imagine if Denzel Washington decided I'm going to start recognizing black owned restaurants. Right. Everybody would want that award, bro. <laughs> exactly. Like, mm-hmm. exactly. Right. So there's some truth. I like that. I like that idea. I'm going to keep that in the back of my head. So when I finally meet Oprah, exactly. I'm going to be like, hey, you ever thought about. Yeah. She probably like back in my when. day, maybe. Not, not if, but when. Right. Exactly. Right. When I meet Oprah. When, when I meet exactly. Oprah. Oh, yeah, because it's coming. I mean, it's coming. You got, yeah, w, yeah. You got W. Kamal Bell. Oprah's not too far behind. Let me tell you something, dog. We were hanging out. Me and him were hanging out this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were having a, a great conversation about his level of fame. Mm-hmm. And, right, like, he's like, <laughs> I'm famous enough to go in a room and nobody know who I am. <laughs> right? Like, I, right? Like, he right. had a level of fame where either people absolutely, absolutely love him or they have no clue who he is, mm-hmm. and there are more people who don't know who he is than do. And he's like, I also live in Oakland. I don't live in L.A., so right. I don't mm-hmm. hobnob, right? So right, right, right. even other famous people are like, oh, it's that guy from that thing, <laughs> but they don't know me because I don't hang out with them. I live in Oakland. right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, he's probably, listen, we are all probably as close to Oprah as he is. I just, that's what I'm trying to say It's like. He might be a little bit closer, but not much. Right, right, right. Got right. you. Got you. All right, so I'm going to throw out some, like, random, like, black foods. Mm-hmm. And um, you you tell me if you, you know, uh, have one, have had it, and, and enjoy it or not enjoy it, right? 
Fair, let's go. I'm with it. Hot takes. <laughs> fried, fried okra is undefeated. Undefeated. Love it when I go to uh, Virginia and I get that fried okra. Okay, okay. Undefeated. Fried okra is the greatest, bro. Greatest. Oh. I like okra regardless. I'm, I'm just bro. I eat it slimy. I right. eat it. Yes. I eat in a, it in a fried, stew or what? Dude, I don't care, bro. Okra is oh. amazing. Right. Love it. Love it. Um. Favorite style, favorite uh, style fried fish, whether it be cod, catfish. Oh, what's this listen, another easy question. Flounder. Flounder. Yes. You know, flounder. I'm blessed to live in Charleston where, you know, we're surrounded by two rivers mm-hmm. and an ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, we got creeks. We got marshes. We got swamps. We got all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our seafood game is pretty on point. And there's nothing better, in my opinion, then whole fried flounder, bro. Like mm-hmm. the whole and and if it's not flounder, I like red snapper. Mm-hmm. Whole okay. fried red snapper, and mm-hmm. I, I like the head on. I don't oh. want you to take my head off. So the eyeballs and everything. I want So short story. Our first time uh, to West Palm Beach uh, family reunion that Rob and I are uh, interrelated. We both met. We met. We married two sisters. So mm. uh, we 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 travel and do a lot together. Uh, and the remember the West Palm Beach oh, I uh, family reunion. Oh, fish! Yes, whole 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 fish went in the fries. Whole oh, fish, came yeah. out on the plate like I'm like, okay, this is different. <laughs> it's my first. I want, I want no head. I don't want no head. No, no thing. My first experience. I'm like, oh, nah, I just got a it and said bones and all. Let's right. do it. Yeah. Not just bones the head, bones and all. Oh no, bones and all. So I ate Dev, it. So Rob says no. Dev, where do you stand on head on, head off? I was I was okay with it. I, I ate I, it. I had, but I, I, had the, it was... I, had the, I had the bread. I had the bread there. Cause that's yeah. how they, you know, I grew up learning that about fish with bones and how to eat it. So I was I, I, I fell in line. I fell in line. I'm like, okay, go back to go back to the olden days or the the, the 70s and 80s when, when my parents were teaching me how to eat fish. If you got a bone in something, you eat the eat it with the bread. Eat the bread, I, I would, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I get it because my my grandparents are from North Carolina and New, and New Orleans. I mean, well, outside okay. of New Orleans, so I understood. But I'm just like, that's not how I like my fish. That's and not your, that's North, not your ministry. And these yeah. northern <laughs> south, I've been in, I've been in North too long to say that's how I like my fish. <laughs> I, I like, get it. Like, all right. Uh-uh. So, all right. So, I would say I've graduated, or I've I've steered away from um, chitlins and pig feet from mm-hmm. years ago when my when my grandparents and my great aunts and uncles ate it. But are there any places that you've experienced that know how to clean and cook them that you have had from? I black- mean. Food cuisine recently. Yeah, I'm, listen. Let me be honest with you. I've had pig feet twice in my entire life. Okay, okay. Um, and I've never had chitlins. I'm not never against it. it. Okay, okay. I just never had it because where I'm from, we're more seafood based than we are. Mm. You know, yeah, hog. more hog. Got so, it. like in the country, there's a mm-hmm. lot more hog, right? But where I live at, you know, we're so seafood. close to the water. It's mostly. It's mostly seafood, so mm-hmm. um, I would love to eat chitlins to know whether some chitlins are are good or, or not good. Better, I, or I better than know. the other, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have any clue. So back, so even just off the strength of seafood, um, what are some um, 
traditional dishes that you grew up on that maybe we not we may not know about like i mean we do the shrimp and grits right we do um you know we do the the big prawns you know we do the crab cakes and things like that but what are some cuisines that make you feel like that are maybe uh you know familiar or local to your yeah your area? i would say one thing that i'm fairly confident not a lot of places eat um that is seafood related is we have a dish here called she crab soup. Mm. It is outstanding. Mm. Is it like it a is, gumbo? Nah, it's like a cream. Think of like a lobster bisque. Oh, like a lobster okay. Right? But with freshly picked like blue female crab. crab like female crabs? Is that, yeah, that and then you use the female crab, mm. you know, the roe uh, mm. and all that to, to, to make mm. it to a little sherry. Mm-hmm. Um you know, some people like it super creamy. Some people like it a little more thin. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm fairly confident that Charleston is one of the few places that I you can get sheet crab soup. Okay. Mm. And 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 just a side note, I did uh, some very basic research, and it seems that a great uncle of mine is credited with creating the dish. Uh, um, so maybe you know if that's true. Mm-hmm. And it was always in my blood to be in this food game. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, right. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. One. One other. Darn, uh, it's going to come back to me. Uh, one other food. Oh, I know what it is. So something that I recently started doing uh, for a holiday tradition. I am. I am the mac and cheese. Um, cornbread stuffing maker for Thanksgiving every year. You know, I make it for my house and I make it for my in-laws house and I, and I take it. I also make two versions of my mac and cheese. I make a traditional mac and cheese, uh, that has got about four, five cheeses in it. Um, you know, egg, you know, I'm going all in. It's, it's, it's layered. It's, it's, it's block, right? Yeah. Yeah. You bake that one. Yeah. I bake that one. Now I also do a seafood mac and cheese where I do, uh, uh, just because it's, it's a little bit less expensive to do it, but I usually do the, uh, I usually do the claw crab Mm -hmm. meat in the cheese sauce and then, you know, put it in the oven and bake it. And I'm wondering, have you had seafood mac and cheese? Absolutely. Uh, so yeah. there is a restaurant here in Charleston that is not black owned, mm-hmm. um, but they make an outstanding lobster mac and cheese, boy. And that's um, how that's what I, I had. I had it at a restaurant and then I decided I was going to try to make it. So, yeah, continue. yeah. No, no. I mean, it's just it's it's really good. And, and there are places in Charleston that does does the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are other restaurants that do it, too, but. I I am very familiar with seafood mac and cheese, bro. When it's done right, when it's done right, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, man. Welcome, Yoda. How was your flight? <laughs> How was your flight? I heard y'all talk. I heard y'all talk about some mac and cheese, boy. <laughs> <laughs> right, you make that mac and cheese for your family on Thanksgiving too. <laughs> So, yes, yes in Bengal, Rob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so going back to the, um, uh, so going back to the 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 James Beard like finalists and, and awards Award. stuff like that. So, so how did that even come about? Like, how do you find out? Like, how do you like 
like how that whole experience in terms of like, I think you had to go to Chicago as well. There's a whole like a thing. Like, so how that, how did that all play out? Yeah. So, um, the same woman who told me to start that TikTok account mm-hmm. was like, Hey, you should nominate yourself for a James Beard award. Okay. And I was like, nigga, if you don't stop playing with me, bro, like if I nominate myself, that's lame. Like ain't nobody going to vote for me that way. Like that's not how these, she's like, yeah, that's exactly how these things work. Mm-hmm. How do you think people get nominated? Like they put their name in the hat. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, cool. So I did it. I put my name in a hat. And then I, you know, I didn't think I really did not think anything of it after that. I was just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they announced I was in DC when they announced the chefs, mm-hmm. like the semifinalists for the chefs. And in fact, I was in DC at a restaurant where one of the chefs who had just been nominated for a James Beard Award was cooking that night. Oh, yeah. And so mm-hmm. a black dude named Angel, um, he cooks at this uh, restaurant in D.C. called Anju. Okay. And mm-hmm. it's uh, like a Korean restaurant. Uh, shout out to Danny Lee. And so um, Anju was a dope spot. And, and, you know, he was cooking. And so I got to meet him. And that was cool. So when they named the chefs, in my mind, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't hear my name be called. So I didn't. Yeah. Right. And I was fine with that. Right. Because I didn't mm-hmm. I like this is stupid anyway. No one's going to. I, I, I'm it's like super black on my account. Like they're not going to call my name. And, um, and then like about a month or maybe two months later, I don't know how long ago, let's just say a month for argument's sake, I'm getting ready for a staff meeting. You know, I told y'all I'm a community right. organizer. Mm-hmm. It's Wednesday morning. Our staff meetings are, uh, like at, you know, 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And so I get, I'm getting ready. Like I'm sitting at my laptop, getting ready to log in and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And my phone starts going off Mm. and you know, which is not uncommon, but I'm looking at the names and I'm like, I don't know these people. Well, I know them, but like, why are all of these people texting me at the same time? You know what I mean? Like, there are people in the food world world, that I've met and like, and they're all at the same time texting me. I'm like, I don't know what happened. So I opened it up and the first one I saw was from uh, this chef, uh, a pastry chef in DC. Her name is uh, Paula. She's a, uh, what is Afro Latino uh, pastry chef. Mm -hmm. She's the co-creator of Bakers Against Racism. Her name is Paula Velez. Mm -hmm. And the first message that I read was from her and it said, OMG, you got nominated for James Beard. And I'm like, what? And then I go through the other text messages and it's, you know, Osai Indolin who has won James Beard awards for her writing, you know, her cookbook writing okay. mm-hmm. and Clay Williams, who, you know, uh, who's a photographer and he shoots anyone who's black and doing a cookbook. He probably shot they, their photos. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so like, they're all like, congratulations, congratulations. What? So I go on Twitter. Cause I guess they were live tweeting the names mm-hmm. for the media awards. And so I go on Twitter and sure as shit, my name is right there as a finalist <laughs> for social media. And I'm like, whole bruh. Like I, I, I damn near called out of work. I was like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm I made like, it. Yeah. You think I'm about to do work? <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, that's how I found out, man. Like I really did not. I, I thought, I thought it was over for me, man. Wait, when so I they got they got a James Beard Award for social for social media. Yeah, so they have media awards as well. 
So, you know, where they, where they award, you know, cookbooks, where they award podcasts in food, where short films, documentary, like anything, you know, long form essays, personal essays, all kinds of stuff, including well, social media. So yeah, I, mean, I, I, man, I just thought it was all cooking. Most people thought it was, I thought it was all cooking to be fair. <laughs> Until I nominated myself, um, <laughs> and so yeah, man. Like so, I guess the media stuff was done later. I didn't know that because again, that's how new I am to all of this. I had no mm-hmm. clue there was a separate day for the media. Um, so yeah, that's what happened, man. And my Black Food Fridays again. You know, I've always been blessed to have like a steady climb, mm-hmm. and that was just another one of those moments where it was like. We going straight up now, right? Right. right. This ain't no mm-hmm. steady. It's like boom, boom. Um, and, and yeah, so it was that was dope. That I will cool. say that going to Chicago was a now, was get, a very interesting experience. Now you got flewed out mm. to Chicago. You got flewed out. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. No, I mean it's a it's a it's a fundraiser. You know what I mean? Like, right. Let's be clear. Okay. The mm-hmm. James Beard Award is a prestigious award, but it's a fundraiser uh, for the James Beard Foundation. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure somebody got flewed out, but it wasn't me. Right. Mm, okay. And um, you, you know, road tripped it, or you you you, fl- you flew it out? Which bro, one? I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. If it's past three hours, I'm trying to get on the plane. Right. Like I'm you. not about that driving life. You talking about driving <laughs> ten hours? Like my nigga, no. Like yeah. if I can help it, if I can help mm-hmm. it, I'm getting on a plane. Right. So me and my parents flew to Chicago. And my parents were like, you know, this might be the only time you get nominated, bro. Like, we want to be here for this. And you know me, I'm I'm all arrogant. Like the last time, like, what? Right. <laughs> like now that I know, oh, I'm, 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 a, a week. I'm winning one of these. You know, I mean, truthfully, I thought I'm until they until they called the other person's name. And shout out to Alexis; she 100 percent deserved to win. Um, but until they called the other person's name, bro, you couldn't tell me that w- award wasn't mine. Right. Yeah. You know, like I, I knew I was coming home with that. And so when they call her name, I was salty. I mean, mm-hmm. I clapped. You know, right. I clapped. You were like, smiled. Oh. And was like, oh. That clap was fingers there. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. You no, know, but I was salty, bro. Like, I was real salty. Um, yeah, she better go ahead. Because, you know, her. I mean, I want, I don't, you know, that's that's the that's one of the sucky things about growing up is you lose the opportunity to win trophies. Right. right. Mm. Like when you're a kid, there's like camps and you know school stuff and church plays and there's right. so many ways to win awards. <laughs> when you become an adult, them you know like you don't really have them opportunities. So I'm like, damn, I wanted that thing. You'll be getting them plaques. You'll be getting them plaques at work. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. I mean, we're a nonprofit, so it's a little different, oh, right? Like, okay. we ain't Amazon. We don't got revenue, you know? Like, we, yeah. we don't, we don't do that. Say, they be, said, was... good job. Good job, KJ. Yeah, ain't no employee of the month. It's like nine of us, bro. Like, Yo, when I, thank, you for coming said, in. thank you for coming in today. Listen, when, I, when, I, when, I do my inter- when I do my interviews and I have to do my slide shows, I, I, I give all my accolades. I'll be like, yeah, so I got the 2020 award yep. for this. I was recognized for this. And I go, it's because I make sure – that, He's you know, like it when I was thirteen. Right. Nah, nah, nah. I'm basing it all off of you know adult career. We talking adult career. Adult. Career, I make sure yeah. I put that in there. I'm like, yeah. So from fourteen for 2014 up to current, like I'm I'm consecutive. I'm getting so something. Hear, hear, hear me out now. <laughs> There's a difference between accolades and trophies, right? Okay. Right. So like I was on 
you know, uh, the black pages, 40 under 40. Right? Like, I, you okay. talking about like Oscar, like, ha, oh, I got this. I want, yeah, right. I want to be like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In your Jadica voice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, you know, I sat there and I clapped and, you know, whatever. But then I was like, you know what? My dog Jamal coming up next. His category is coming up. Mm-hmm. At least one of us from Charleston is going to get this award. Mm-hmm. And he lost. Yeah, and he I told saw us. him. He didn't. Listen, he didn't. At least I pretended. <laughs> right? Like, I pretended. I was sitting in the same row as him. And he clapped, but he wasn't smiling at all. You know what I mean? And so now I'm double salty because right. I'm like, damn, the hero, you know, they try to play me and my dog. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, but, but, but. As soon as the awards were over, mm-hmm. then I realized that I had actually won by just being in the room. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I have Bevy Smith's cell phone number now. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah. I'm talking to Marcus Samuelson about doing some events and, awesome. you know, in, in the future with him. Mm-hmm. And, like, all, all, the, all the people that I've met, it was like, you know, you see him on the internet, but things like you see him in real life and and they know your name and they're like, Oh, I know you. You're the guy who does that thing. And I'm like, Yes, yes, I am that guy. Nice right. to meet you too. You know, like and so like that's the beauty of being in that room is just making those connections and mm-hmm. understanding that there are people out here in this game who are pulling levers and you never even heard of these people. Right. right yeah. And it's you like, you never yeah. seen these people. And it's like, yeah. it's like acting in terms of like, you can be an Oscar nominee. You don't have to, you don't even have to ever win. But if you're a nominee or a Golden Globe nominee, you put that right there. It's like, Hey, I, I was in the room. I'm good enough. Yo, anytime. You know I mean? I'm that's when the price go up for right, everybody. Exactly. Because as long as you was nominee, as long as you were nominee, that price go up for anything. Yes, indeed. Like. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know what? And the price has gone up, gentlemen. Let me just be clear. Like, yes, yes, the price yes. has gone up. Um, well, well, what but, y'all say? Wait. Huh? <laughs> no, no, no. Y'all good. Y'all good. Y'all good. Yeah, y'all, baby. Y'all, y'all but we, like, we damn near fam. We we got right, Jamal exactly. and we know KJ now. Yeah, we yeah, fam. Yeah. We we just broke bread. We just did beers. Our price Jamal. don't work out because we know them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Our fucking real yeah. Our stock went up. Y'all done, y'all have interviewed two James Beard Award nominees. Exactly. Podcast, yes. Bro. Y'all true. price don't went up, dog. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, yeah, but like, you know, the, but that's what I'm learning is like, oh, just to, to your point, Yoda. Just having that nomination mm-hmm. has like changed not how I view myself right. or my work because I always thought the work was valid, mm-hmm. but other people care, right? And like that's the thing that's right. amazing. And when I say amazing, I mean amazing in terms of the opportunities mm-hmm. that that provides. Not amazing like oh they like me. Amazing like oh now when I walk in a room and I say something, people are like so now like you know and, and to be clear I've had people hit me up for my services afterwards. Mm-hmm. I've given them prices that two years ago, I would have shit my pants saying out loud. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I can't believe I just asked that person for $10,000 for this little bit of work. Right? Like, mm-hmm. but, like, but that's the game now, right? Like, that's right. What Mar- Mark, in fact, at the awards, Marcus Samuelson told me, he was like, don't be afraid. You here now. Right. Like he said that, don't be afraid. You're here now. Right, because that's what I was going to say. I was going to say that honestly, like it had to give you a, a like a push, a, a boost of energy just being nominated. Like it had to give you an extra push to keep doing what you're doing because that's crazy just being in that in that room. So, yeah, you know what? Though to awesome. be to be fair, 
it did not give me a push or motivation to do the work. Cause like I said, I always thought the work was valid. Right. It did give me a push to be honest with you, Yoda. It gave me a push to be like, Oh, I'm gonna make a living off this. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, Oh, I can, I can like, I can buy a house off this. Right. Right. I can, I got nieces and nephew going to college and, you know, in like five years, like in five years I could be like, Oh, yeah, right. you're going to college, right? Right. Like, right? like, that's what the motivation was. The monetization of the work mm-hmm. is, what, is what has uh, increased. Like, before, it's like, yeah, if I get money, that's cool. But now I'm like, nah, bro, like, Marcus Samuelson knows who I am. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Debbie Smith knows who I am. Like, um, we about to get bread. Right. You, mm-hmm. You'd be like, uh, yeah, I got a reservation at Red Rooster. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, like Fawn Weaver knows who I am. You know, right, right. Mm-hmm. like stuff like that is. Have we have we counted how many names he's dropped? Because remember when we right, had right. Laura Mignot? Uh I don't know if you know. He might not know her, but uh, Laura Mignot, She dropped some names. Uh, she has Oprah in her contacts. Uh, Listen, she, I met her at a wedding in in New York. Uh, one of my co- former colleagues. We you know we we. We would have to celebrate his his nuptials, and um, I met her, and we just started talking about podcasts, and she started talking about podcasts, and then next, you know, you know, fast forwarding years later, you know, we had her on the on the show, and she's like, yeah, like, yeah, like Oprah's in my contacts. I'm like, and then she just started naming names like you. So I'm like, yeah, how, how many have we counted so far? You said three, four. It just makes our price go up. So I don't even count no more. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Right. you know, it's it's. Listen, I like I said, my cell phone. Is more valuable this month than it was before I went to the James Beard Award. So now I now I now I happily play uh, Apple for that you know extra storage. I can't lose that. I can't lose anything. I can't lose anything. I can't lose none of this, bro. No, no. Just going just going back to um like like the food and black food in terms of because because before it become well I guess it's always food before but even like I guess. Being especially uh, after a high on the hog and stuff like that, like black farmers, like like, do you kind of spotlight black farmers as well? Because I know they don't get enough spotlight in terms of what they do and contribute as well to the the full. Yeah, I mean to be quite honest, not as much as I would like to, mm-hmm. only because the game that I play is a social media game. Mm-hmm. It's an algorithm game, and so believe it or not, you know. There are black-owned restaurants that don't do good at social media. Right. Uh, black farmers are worse than them, right. but for reason. Like they in the field. Right. Right. right? right. They they plowing. They they're harvesting. They're they're yeah. shucking. Like they're doing things. So right. You know, it's again that is one of those things where going back to what Yoda said about the price going up is like, yeah, I I want more money and I'm deserving of more money, but I want that so I can not have to worry. Like I don't char- like a lot of people ask me like how much do you charge to be on your page? I don't charge people unless it's a, an arrangement like a sponsorship. Right. Then I'll charge, but I post what I like. Right. And I post what you know what I think is dope. And so I would love to post more farm stuff, but them farmers, they social media games is trash. Right. For for good reason, <laughs> for right? Good for reason. good reason. Right. Right. Maybe you that's know? a niche so, for like, somebody. Would- <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I wanna, I wanna, I want them deals with. With a Pepsi, with a Target, with an American Express, so they can pay me, so I can go and hi- and I'll make the video, right? Like right. I'll make the video for the farmers. I'll make content for farmers. Um, but there is a black woman in Philly, mm. um, 
who, you know, quit the corporate life. And now she's farming in Philly. Hmm. Her uh, Instagram handle is, is a farmer. Is it Philly farmer, John Philly, like John, like J a W. Yeah. 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 John. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's something like that. It's like farmer John. Um, And she's in Philadelphia, a young black woman. Um, And so, yeah, like, you know, so there, there are, there are some, people who are doing it. But again, she's like younger. So she understands the importance of social media and how that can help her get the word out. So she's doing good food. She's doing good things with food, but she's also leveraging social media because she's a, you know, a child of the internet. Like like millennial type of, she's like a millennial uh, farmer. I got you. Absolutely. That's uh, that's dope. Um, I had another question. I just lost it when I was thinking. Listen, it don't matter. I got, I got, Listen, I, I was telling uh, 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 one of my friends has a 13, 14 year old daughter, and I was telling her she's like, I don't like awkward silence. I'm like, you learn, <laughs> you learn how to master that silence, dog. You'll be all right, man. Like, you right. gotta learn how to be okay with that. Right. But I mean, That's it probably true. sucks for a podcast, though, right? Like, right. you can't have too much. <laughs> dead time. I do got. A, I got a question for you. You ever been out in Vegas? Yeah. All right. You what have? What type of foods have you ate out here? Okay, so to be, fair, to be fair, when I was going to Vegas, it was pre-Black Food Fridays. Mm. So I got a I got a cousin who lives in um I think it's Henderson. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like right outside of, you know, like Vegas proper. Yeah, yeah. And so he took us to some restaurants, but mostly we ate at casinos because it's like, you know, we're gonna you know, let's Let's do that because that's what we're doing. But now that I, you know, have this going on, when I go back, I'm definitely going with different, you know, a different set of eyes and ears. Um, there is a place, if I'm not mistaken, called Lolo's Chicken and Waffles. Lolo's uh, Chicken and Waffles. Lolo's Chicken and Waffles. They have that. a spot in, I think they're based out of Arizona, but they also have a Vegas location. Mm. So okay. if. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, check out Lolo's Chicken and Waffles because that's they're on my list of <laughs> of places to eat to when I get to Vegas. Word, word, word. Mm-hmm. That's not. Uh... I don't know if Neo has a restaurant because Neo's from Vegas, isn't he? Who? N- Neo, the singer. I think Neo. He... I don't know where. I don't know where that nigga from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, well, look, look, look it up because you know, yeah. just just another like as, as he's mentioning that. I remember going to. Um, a restaurant like you know, with Justin Timberlake has a chain because he's from Memphis, and then his chain like made it into Florida. So yeah, I would look that Google that. Uh, you'll yeah, see. I mean, yeah, again, I don't know if Neo has one, but I believe he's from he Vegas, and it would make sense for him to jump into, into the, the food game. Food game, yeah. Okay. okay. No, no, and, no, and don't no. make don't make a trash tequila like Justin Timberlake did. <laughs> Ooh. Right. Speaking of him, huh? It was horrible. <laughs> it was so bad. Now you just don't have a. Uh, the Instagram page, like there's actually a website, uh, Black Food Fridays, like that you blog from as well. Um, I like so in terms of the information that you get, like I know you said some people like does it always happen where people just send you information like oh this is a black business, black food business that's setting up. Is that how it always works, or did or do you also I mean, go out? That's and how it works now. No, that's how it works now. Okay, right? Like when I started, when I was starting the account, listen. Yeah, I got a well, I think I got a hundred and seven thousand followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But like I started like everybody else with zero. Mm-hmm. Right. And I started with zero content. And so I was researching everything and begging people, 
please tag me. Please use the Black Food Fridays hashtag, right? Like, please, please, please. And nobody was doing it for like the first <laughs> until I got on the Today Show. And then like, and then it was like a little uptick. Right. You know what I mean? And and then the Washington Post, I got, you know, featured in Washington Post. Then it went up. And then when the James Beard thing, like, I don't, like, I don't have to research shit no more. <laughs> right. Like, tag me and everything. You now. know who I am. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now you said today. But like... I do still enjoy that. Like, I still enjoy the hunt. Like, right. as I'm a sneaker dude, right? Okay. And so, like, I, I don't really like sneaker culture now because the hunt is done on the phone. And I right. kind of yeah. liked it. Not to sound like an old man, but like I kind of <laughs> like it when you, you do had sound to, like an old man. Though. Yeah, I do. I knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I kind of miss when you were like when you went by Ross and accidentally they had a pair of Jordan sixes or something there, and you like right. what? Right? Like yeah. I miss that hunt, and I've kind of replaced the sneaker hunt with the black food hunt. Right? Mm. Like I enjoy finding a black person making sushi. Or, you know, a black ramen artist. Like, uh, there's a black woman in New York City who's doing ramen pop-ups. Mm. Um, and so, you know, like, I enjoy finding Harlem Hops, right? Like, mm-hmm. Kim and them in Harlem doing with the tap room. Like, right. I love finding that stuff. Like, so it's not a burden to me to do the research. I'm just blessed that the platform has grown and other people are willing to contribute to the work. That's what's right. up. That's what's up. Um, dope. I like it. <laughs> I do too. Well, I'm definitely hungry now. I can tell you that. I'm did you like order? Did heart. you order something? I did, but guess what? Chipotle don't. Uh, they don't have um. Uh, what do you call it? The the delivery service anymore out uh, here where I'm at. They I gotta go pick it up. Uh, that's kind of whack. That's whack. But uh, you know, you know what? It's all good. It's all good. I just knew I had it like ready. I, I hit Time the button up. like uh pick up. Oh, wait. <laughs> Um, Yo, no, now, listen, like, listen, we got we got some time left, bro. Like, ask some spicy questions. Let's let's go. Let's let's make this. Well, 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 make, well, it, make it spicy. Well, make it spicy. Well, not spicy. But what, what was your thoughts on How on the Hog, the the, the the show on Netflix? And what was your thoughts on that? Oh, listen. I, oh listen, yeah. I have no problem telling anybody. I think. Let me preface this with two things can exist at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what I mean by that is. I personally did not find high on the hog riveting, hmm. right? But that's because a lot of that information I knew already, right? Right, right, yeah. right. So I didn't, I didn't really learn anything new. Um, second of all, being a southerner, especially the phrase "high on the hog" is a celebratory phrase, mm-hmm. right? Like when somebody says we eating high on the hog, that means we we about to get turned up, right? right we about right. to live. Yeah, that's, that's how and I took so it. So I was kind of. Yeah, but I was, you know, but that's not the tone of the docu series, right? Oh, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, okay. and it's like, yo, we're gonna make you cry every episode. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So while while I recognize that this might not have been for me, mm-hmm. I also recognize that this will be a seminal, seminal piece of, uh, let's call it film, for lack of a better term. This will be a seminal piece of film as it relates to black food and black food history. And so I will always respect Steven and his staff and what they, what they did or the people, you know, Steven was the host but the people who were behind high in the hog. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to forever respect what they did because they really did elevate black food cuisine in the film space. Right. Like they right. took it to another level. So like when I do my stuff, 
I gotta be at least as right. well put together as them. You right. know what I mean? Right. Right. Like I can't come lower than that. Like I gotta be on par with their cinematography, with their storytelling, with the music selection, with like everything has to be on point. And so on one hand, I appreciate what they did because they raised the bar for everybody. Uh, on the other hand, it's like, uh, this, this, I wasn't the intended audience and that's okay. Right. And, right. I, and that's, that's funny that you said it, that you said you got to come, come to a highlight Cause now like most people didn't, maybe not knew who Steven was, but now a lot of people know who you are. So if you come out with a project, right. they be like, cause like Michael Samuelson, I mean, like uh, Samuelson said, I can, what's his first name? I don't remember. But my man, Marcus, Marcus say like people, yeah. you are here now. So people know who you are. So now yeah. you do got to go even set your own bar pretty much when you deliver yeah. something to the, uh, the public in terms of, in the media space. Um, so, so yeah, absolutely. So that is, that's, Wait, is uh, that's that, crazy. I, I may have missed it, but is that part of your plan? Is it the go to that, that level to be the dude like a, a media type drum? Yeah, absolutely. That's part of his hundred okay. year plan. He had a hundred yeah. year plan. Like a, Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got a hundred year plan. But you know, one of the things that I'll say that I didn't say uh earlier, Yoda, you you missed some of that, but this is new. My TV show that we're working on um right now um is kind of Guy Fieri in the in kind of Anthony Bourdainish in right. the travel okay. and eat thing, right? right? But what we're trying to do is also tell a narrative story. Right. Just like a regular TV show. Where you start with episode one, and by the end of the season, you're like, "Damn, I didn't see that coming," or you know, right. "Oh, that's how they how how they solve the problem or the issue." We're we're trying to do that in the food space, and okay. from my from my knowledge, that's not a thing that has been done. Where you travel the nation, and by the time you go from episode one to episode eight or ten or twelve, whatever, right, whatever the ending is. We would like people to watch the final episode and be like, damn, they told a complete story. Even right. though they went to all these different cities mm-hmm. and met all these different restaurant owners and chefs and stuff, they told a full narrative arc, and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, I don't think yeah. there's anything like that. I think it's like a lot of shows that give a lot of information, and you would have to piece that together yourself in order yeah. to... Yeah. Or the only thing that gives you that kind of that start to finish is like a a Chef Ramsay show that is doing like it's a it's kind of food restaurant ish, Mm -hmm. but it's like a start to finish of like, okay, how did they rebrand or how did they kind of, you know, uh, fix, you know, uh, you know, a a restaurant or turn it around or or revitalize it. But even but even with that, right, like the the culmination of the story is done in 28 minutes or 22 minutes, right? Like beginning and end done and you do that every episode. So if you watch episode three, it don't have shit to do with episode one. Episode one. Right. Right. Like what we're trying to do is that while we're in different cities and telling different stories, each one connects to the others. To the and by the right. time we get to the end, it's like, damn. All right. So, so how do <laughs> have you? You've already. Damn, I love it. You you already have that in the making, or are you trying to shop that now? So, so where we networks. are now is, you know, I told you, Kamal you say, is on you board. Tell us after, so, off the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. but no. Well, I mean, I can say this part because. Uh, Listen, it's a bunch of what I'm finding out. It's a bunch of hurry up and wait, right? Right, so, absolutely. You know, we have, and, and I took a film class about a year ago, mm-hmm. and the lady uh, at the end of the at the class was like, "Your show concept 
could sell. And this is a woman who she is a full-time Hollywood financier, mm-hmm. right? Like this is her job. The lady who taught our class, she puts money up for film and television. Like, oh, Amazon is like, yo, we got this show idea. We think it's pretty dope. It kind of goes in line with the things that y'all got going on. Y'all want to put some bread in? And she'll be like, tell me about the show. And, oh, yeah, we'll put some money up. Like, that's who she is. And so her name is Effie Brown. Let me give her – she has a name. Her name is Effie Brown, and her company is called Game Changer Films. And so she taught our class. And she said at the end of my class that my show had legs. Like, this is something that could be sold to a network. But she also told me that I had a couple things working against me, and I needed to work on that. She said, number one – you're not a celebrity. Mm. And I know it sounds crazy, but like with so many streaming networks now, the competition is fierce. And it's sort of like sports where when one team is very successful doing something, everybody copies it. And so now that's kind of what the networks are doing, right? right? They're like, oh, if we have celebrity talent, that'll at least get us a good premiere, right? right? At minimum, people will show up to watch at least one or two episodes. So she's like, you're not a celebrity and you don't have a celebrity tied to this. Um, Number two, you're not famous enough to, you know, to, to pitch on your own to a network. Right. And number three, you need uh, a one talent behind the scenes. Like you need a production company that when they walk in the room, networks are going to be like, Oh, you working with them. Oh, all right, cool. Right. And so, you know, she told me and, you know, a couple other people in our class that, and I, I can't speak for them, but I didn't take it personal. Right. Cause at the time, you know, I might've had 40,000 followers. You know, I felt like I was doing some shit like, Ooh, nigga, I got 40,000 followers. I was on the today show's website. I was on BET.com. And she was like, don't nobody give a shit. Like, you know, like you wasn't on the today show. You wasn't on good morning America. You was on a website. They, I mean, that counts, but not really. Right. Um, and so that's how me and Kamal got up. Like I just, after the class, I was like, Hmm, you're right. I'm not famous enough. Who is famous, but does the kind of stuff that I like and I want to be associated with and can help me make this show. And in my show deck for class, I wrote that W Kamal Bell is someone that uh, I would want to pattern my show after his show, United mm. States shades of America. Right. And so I should shot him a DM. Nice. <laughs> like I just <laughs> shot him a DM. It was like, Hey, bro, like, I just finished this film class, and I got this deck, and, you know, I love your show, and I want to make a show that's like your show, but about food. And I ain't hear from him, you know, obviously, for a minute. And then one day, he DM'd me back. It was like, here's my email address. Send it to me. And I was like, oh, snap. So then I emailed it back to him, and um, I emailed him my information that I wanted him to review. He emails me back. Hey, I got it. You know, I'll review it. Give me a couple weeks. I'm in the middle of some stuff. I'll hit you back. Well, a couple weeks turned into like six, seven, eight months, bro. Like, but again, like I wasn't deterred because he got stuff going on. Like I'm trying to get on his level. So like, I'm not mad. And then what happened was like at the beginning of the year, he emails me out of the blue. It is like, Hey, I didn't forget about you. But, you know, this other project I was working on kind of got turned up. So I'll hit you up when it's over. Man, a couple weeks later, I see this man out here advertising his Bill Cosby documentary. I'm like, oh, that's what you've been working on the whole time? Like, okay, well, I get why you was 
not talking to me, right? Like I get that. Yeah. That's that was pretty heavy stuff. So then after it came out, uh, I emailed him. I was like, hey, I saw the documentary. If you still want to talk, I still want to talk. Didn't hear anything, you know, whatever. It's all good. Um, and then uh <laughs> Will Smith slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. <laughs> and <laughs> and Kamal emailed me that night or like the next day. It was like, hey man, seems like uh this is the time where black men black men need to work together. <laughs> so uh if you still want to have a conversation, I want to have a conversation. I was like, absolutely, I want to have a conversation. Yeah. Thank you, Will Smith, for slapping Chris Rock. I appreciate that. And then um, you know, then we got to talking. He introduced me to his business partner, who uh, you know, produced like the last six or seven seasons of Anthony Bourdain's show. Mm. And so like he, you know, he was on board. He was like, yeah, Kamal showed me all your stuff. I've been following you on Instagram. Like, I think we have a chance here. Um, And then so after that, it was like, well, we're going to introduce you to some top tier production. And I'm, you know, I'm going to leave the company name out. We ain't signed no contracts yet. So no, no, no shout outs yet. But we had a meeting with their found one of their founders and their development team. And so I'm going to the meeting thinking like, all right, I got to pitch myself to these dudes. Like I got to let them know why they need to be behind. Cause their roster of shows that they've done is like right. real stuff. Right. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to this meeting. I'm going to wow them. Right. Like my razzle dazzle them. As we say in Charles, I'm a razzle dazzle them. <laughs> I get to the meeting and the, one of the co-founders are like, Hey, I'm in the middle of something, but I just wanted to let you know we're on board. And so these women here are going to help you do whatever you need to do so we can do what we need to do and like make, and I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. Like I thought I had to come sell myself. That's you that know? James like, Beard finalist. He was a step, he was <laughs> a step that, ahead. That he was a step Beard. ahead. That James Beard finalist. <laughs> that James Beard made them people like, hey, okay, this dude's serious. Right. Um, Somebody. So now what we're doing is they're developing a deck. So yeah. for anybody who's watching, right, like I'm learning this process. So I'm, I'm sharing what, I, what I've learned. Mm. So I had a show Bible. A show Bible is basically like a, you know, could be five pages could be 20 pages it's just like write out everything you want this show to look like sound like smell like what the music is going to be like give me some sample episodes give me some sample guests like write everything out just write it all out so i had a show bible and when we got to the meeting the women were like uh this is actually really good like for someone who's never worked in film and television like you actually gave us a lot to work with. So what we're going to do now is we're going to ask you follow-up questions so that then we can go in our software and build a deck that we can then use to pitch networks. Mm. So what I had was good, but it wasn't glossy, right? It didn't look, I guess, again, you know, and they said it had too many words, you know, right. apparently network executives yeah, they like white, like, pay, they white get space. pitches all the time. Yeah, like white space. Yeah, yeah, like they get pitches all the time. They don't want... 17,000 words, right? Like they want, so that's where we are now. We're just, I'm just in that waiting. They're working on the deck and I know I'm not high priority right now. You know what I mean? Right. Like these people did stuff for Billie Eilish, you know, like I'm, right. I'm, right. I'm just happy to be in the room. You feel me? Like, right. um, so right. it might be a while before we get back to it, but I, I'm not sweating it. Like when yeah. we get back to it, 
Listen, it's it's my first time meeting you, and 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 you know the, the we use this term a lot on the show, giving our our folks or our guests their flowers or each other their flowers. Man, I am super proud of you, super proud of you. Not just simply because you know, oh wow, like we have you on the podcast, but just super proud that you've pushed and you've went for this opportunity and you didn't miss. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you were over, you were you were overprepared, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really, um, that I, I would categorize you as like a type a, you know, in terms of personality, because you got type B and you got type a type a, you're that guy that's, you were looking at that mountain and you're like, okay, I, I got to figure out how I'm either going to chisel through it. I'm going to go over it. I'm going to go, I'm going to find my path go versus type B. Could be a bit of like, like, oh, okay, all right, that mountain right there. I'm gonna take a break, <laughs> you know. I'm gonna take a nap and figure out, you know, man, is somebody gonna come and, you know, kind of, you know, that is that sailboat gonna come to me? So you know what, I Deb, if, if, I, if I could, if if I could be honest with you, mm-hmm. I'm probably more of a um a hybrid of both. Mm-hmm. And and in certain situations, I think I was talking this conversation earlier this morning. Uh, yeah, you can you can definitely be a hybrid of both. Yeah, and and yeah. Be, and you can switch, you can flip and flop. Because I don't care, you know. I, I've had people say like they don't like this, that, you know, it sets bad precedent or whatever. But like, I'll tell anybody who's listening, I'm not interested in doing it the hard way. I'm not interested in a hard life. I want a soft life. <laughs> I want an easy, liberated, soft ass life, bro. Like. Right. Like, I don't want to cut my own grass. I don't want to cut my own hedges. Like, I want somebody to do that shit for me because I want to spend my time creating. Right. But right? like and, 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 and but it doesn't hurt to know how. Right. Right. Well, yeah, I tell my I'm son saying. that like it's not going to it's not going to hurt to know how to cut your own grass, even though you're going to make it to a level where that's not going to be your forte or where how you right. spend your time. Right. But it's not going to hurt to know. how. No, it's not. You're right. It's not. Let's be clear. It's, it does yeah. not hurt to know these things because. It gives you a better understanding of what to look for when someone else is doing it for you. Right. You dig? Um, but like, yeah, I'm not trying to I'm not interested in blowing up mountains. Nigga, like, where's the path <laughs> with the awning and the and the paved road, right? And I'm I'm willing to like take the time to wait and find the path. Like, I don't get any joy chiseling through mountains, bro. Like that's not my ideal of a good time. Right. I'm not um, no fucking mountain mountain climber. Nah, bro. I'm <laughs> I don't like hiking. Dinner. I'll <laughs> you know? do it if I have to, right? Like if I have to. Like I'm not afraid. <sighs> that, like like I think that's when people hear me say that. Some people get offended because they're like, "Oh, you afraid of hard work?" No, I value my time, right? And like I'm not interested in impressing some dude on the internet because he's like, "Oh, this nigga take naps." Real, real, you know, real grinders don't take naps. No, maybe, maybe for you, like I'm taking naps. Look, like, I believe in rest. I, I believe took a nap in- today. Right. And what, on, and what, and what was that? I mopped my floors and, and what was that? I'm sitting in this. What was that fable where the guy was building the hammers, doing the hammer thing and shit? You know, building the railroad. Oh, John Henry. John Henry. He had a heart yeah, attack John after Henry. the fact. So that tells you, Listen, bro, don't fucking go that far. Be me. Couldn't be me. I'm not competing with a machine, bro. Are you serious? No. Nah. And, like, people hear stories like that. And here's the deal with black people that I really want us to, and I don't like talking in absolutes because black is not a monolith, right? Right. 
But I do feel that we have been programmed to love the grind and the struggle mm. because that's what the black experience for most black people in America has been grind and struggle from enslavement to uh, uh, liberation to reconstruction to Jim Crow. Like we've never had a period in time where black people were able to just goddamn be just right. relax and be right. And so I think sometimes we have kind of like glorified trauma and glorified unnecessary grind to prove to somebody who don't give a shit about you in the first place that I's a hard worker. Nah, bro. Like, no, guess what? Jeff Bezos is doing right now. This nigga flying in space. Right. You feel me? Like exactly. he worked really hard for like 10 years and then was like, I'm out. Like, I'm not doing this. I'll pay you right. to do this. Right. Right. Like, but, but black people, we have been, I think, programmed to just grind, 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 grind. We don't take care of our health. Right. We don't get, we don't go on vacation. We don't use our PTO. Right. We don't do none of that stuff, bro. We mm-hmm. just grind because we're so afraid that white people will call us lazy. I wish a white person would call me lazy. <laughs> like you, y'all took my ancestors. They was chilling in well, present day uh 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 um where we uh Sierra Leone, right? My ancestors was chilling, living their life. Y'all so lazy that you abducted people to mm-hmm. make them to do, do the work. work for you. Right. Yeah. You have yeah, the audacity true. to call me lazy. I'll boy, like bust you in your face. <laughs> I, I wish a white head. person would. I wish a white person would call me lazy, bro. Y'all don't had they had it so easy uh in their entire lives. Struggle, <laughs> right? And and, right. And, and and let me be clear. I'm not saying that white people don't have hard times. We all go through hard times, but from a cultural standpoint, black they people don't know been working, bro. We've been working since we got, since we set foot on Gaston's Wharf. Right, we've yeah. been working hard. Fuck that! I'm trying to live an easy <laughs> life, bro. So awesome, y'all can be mad at me if you want. I'm to, proud of again. I'm, I'm it's proud funny. Of I, just, I just wrote it. Sorry, I'm I got just... a little. I, you know what? I'm finally at the bottom of the tequila. Right. And now I'm like, that I'm was like your, yo, let's that, go. That was your overcome. <laughs> that was your overcome speech. You have you have overcome that mountain. It's funny. I, I, like, Fuck white people. I just I just I just I just read that article just not like I guess earlier today or or yesterday talking about like black folks are more apprehensive to taking vacations or or because vacation has never really been easy because you had to find like yeah. the Green Book. You had to find a place where you could actually vacation. That's where. Uh, uh, Oaks Bluff and uh, Martha's Vineyard came about where it was like a safe haven yeah. for black folks to just go and be black and relax and know how right. to worry about on edges. So it's not and, it's a and, hard thing to do. Yeah, in Mosquito Beach in Charleston, right? Like that's another place where black people went to rest and relax and just let their hair down. That's why, like, I'm such a huge proponent. And again, no shade to anyone who does not have this experience, but. I'm such a big proponent of HBCUs mm. is because like, that's the only time for most black people that they will have any extended period of time to just be human. Mm. Right. When I was in college and some girl ain't give me no play, I never thought, man, maybe she ain't holler at me because I'm black. Right. Or right. like if, if I had sure. a hard time with a professor, I never thought like, damn, this man don't like me cause I'm black. Or if I got a bad room assignment, 
Right. I never was like, man, no boy put me with this man because he the only other black man. OK. Right. Like. Right. So for four years, you just get to be. And I think that's why a lot of leaders in the black community come from HBCUs is because we just get so used to just being right that we like we're not about to stop. Like, I'm going to just keep doing this forever. Like, right. I'm going to just keep being. Right. And so, you know, like I want to be a proponent of black people. Use your like my boss. Um, she's on sabbatical right now, and she called me in her office before she was going on sabbatical. Was like, "Yeah, I'm thinking about taking the summer off. What do you think about this?" This is a black woman. Mm-hmm. I said, "Go, right. like, take a break. Go to Africa. Do all the stuff you said you wanted to do. Go, because we don't, especially black women. Black women never get a chance right. to rest. They they're raising kids." or grandkids, or they mama and daddy, right? Like, they're always taking care of other people. Black women, take your vacation time. Right. Go to Essence Fest, right. okay? Right. Go to right. Essence Fest. Uh, go to Barrel and Flow. Right. Go to the family reunion. Right. Go, go to wherever shit, you want to go. Shit, we, we up, Rob. We sent our wives to uh, Essence Fest. Shit, we, we up. We, we. <laughs> Black women, we doing it, you now, know? Now, going back to. Smart, smart men. Going back to Effie Brown. That's the Effie Brown from Project Greenlight and all that stuff. Is that the same Effie Brown? Okay. Exactly. The okay. one. The one that told Matt. The Damon, one. Matt Damon. Right, right. Matt Damon. Right, right, right. Matt Damon and Beth, Ben yeah, Affleck. So I, I'm she, thankful to have her. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I would say Matt Damon and Ben Affleck uh, project thing. She was always yeah, the black yeah, woman yeah. that was like, go I'm and just... tell them what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm grateful to have people like her in my corner, you know, as I navigate these entertainment waters, if you will. Right. Um, it's because I don't know what I don't know. And, um, you know, I'm not nat- I'm not a distrustful person. Um, but I'm also, you know, I'm 39 years old. And so... You know what I mean? Like, I don't wait this long to get on. You know what I mean? Like, right. if I got to wait another year to make sure we do it right and I don't get screwed, then fine. We just wait one more year. Like, I'm kind of glad I didn't have success in my 20s, to be honest with you. <laughs> I would have been on some behind-the-music type <laughs> shit, bro. Like, y'all to y'all... <laughs> hey, Wilding out. Y'all, <laughs> yeah. Y'all to be like, hey, y'all remember that dude, KJ? Ugh. <laughs> Tragic what happened to him. Tragic. He got all that money and ran out, dog. Well, we were having this conversation not too long ago because, like, it's like um, Samuel Jackson. He was older when he became really uh, really popular. I think he was, like, in his 40s when he really became yeah. the Samuel Jackson you know. And it was, it was like, a, a Morgan Freeman, I think, as well. There was a couple other uh, mm-hmm. people in that, in, that, in that space where you didn't know who they were before they were hit 40. So you were almost yeah. there. So yeah. by the time the show Listen, debuted, Lord- you would be 40. Lawrence Fishburne. Right. I think, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that was another You look in fashion. You got Rick Owens. I think Rick Owens was like in his 40s before his fashion line. Virgil Abloh, you know, rest right. in peace to Virgil. He was a married man with kids. People didn't know that. Like, he was a family man, but right. he was like an established adult right. before things really start popping off for him. So, right. you know, like the one thing that I would like to say um, is that for anyone who may be listening or watching, bro, my story is not unique in the sense that I've had a bunch of shitty jobs, right? Like I got student loans out the ass. Like I got everything y'all got or have done. I probably done, you know, I've been arrested, right? Like I like all the things like we, we have a lot more in common than 
then you may, uh, you know, understand. But, you know, one thing that Nip- Nipsey Hussle said was the difference between me and them is I never stopped. Right. Right. Like I never gave up on my dreams and I kept again, you know, like Dev's point walking around the mountain trying to find that path thing right i wasn't deterred like i'm gonna stop trying but i definitely like i was okay taking a long way because i knew my life i'm not meant to go to work and pay bills and die right i'm not meant to be that person i'm not gonna subscribe to that i'm not gonna claim that and so you know i've taken some wild jobs just so i could keep creating jobs that didn't pay well thank god for my parents man you know what I mean? Who let me live with them forever, right? Like, even now I'm with them because I want to buy a house next year, right? My parents believed in me. They was like, okay, yeah, it's taking a long time, but we see that the steps are, right? And that's another thing, like, man, black people, where we so quick to kick them kids out the house. Yeah, like, I, so quick I, that wasn't my experience, but I do know that that happens yeah, very like, often. Oh, you 18, you on your own now. No, nah, you, it's, you never, you never on your own. Never, never bro. On your own. So I was on my own, right? Like I left the house, mm-hmm. went to college, had my own apartment, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Fell on hard times. Had to move back home. Thought I was gonna be home for like a year. A year turned into like nine years, right? But like, right. but my parents, my parents, I thank God for them, bro. Like I ain't even no spiritual person, but I thank God for my parents because <laughs> they believed in my plan too, right? And so. When I didn't have the money to make that drive to Columbia to go do that thing, we got you, right? Like, and so when I didn't have the money to catch that flight to go to South by Southwest, you know, when I was writing about hip hop and fashion, they asked me to be on this panel. They didn't fly me out, Dev, right? My brother was like, don't worry about it, bro. Like, we'll go together. I'll pay for it. We got it. Like, swipe that card. Swipe that card. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, I thank God for my parents and my brother and my sister and, you know, all my ex-girlfriends, I wish I was a better boyfriend to y'all, but, you know, all my ex-girlfriends, shout out to them. Like, all of them. Like, every woman that's been in my life, every mentor I've ever had, like, all of that led to where we're going now. Right. Um, and so, thank God that I have people in my corner, bro, because if I had to raise a kid or, I mean, I don't have any kids, but if I had to do any, if I had to do any of the normal adult things, like, I wouldn't be here talking to y'all, and I wouldn't give up what I've been through to not have this conversation with y'all. You right, know what I mean? Right, like right. this has been dope, but this doesn't happen if I don't go through what I went through. So whoever's listening to this, bro, like, yo, like just don't stop, man. Like right. there's some people who don't get on to they 55. Right. You think, right. bro, like I was telling my brother says some, my brother is a funny man. And he said some stuff one day that I'll never forget. He was like, who cares if you don't get on until you 45? Right. If you live another 45 years, right, right, right. you'll be 90. You think anybody's going to give a shit about what happened the first 45 years? No, what <laughs> happens is they're going to use your first 45 years as inspiration. Right. Right. When you get on, then your story's inspirational. If right. it never becomes anything, then it becomes a cautionary tale. Right. right? So if he, he was like, which one you wanted to be? You wanted oh, to be man, an inspirational story? <laughs> Which one you wanted to be? You wanted to be an inspirational story? You want to be a cautionary tale? Right. I think Bill Withers was another one who was late late 30s or early 40s when he had his first actual mm. hit before nobody mm. everybody knew who Bill Withers was. So 
And, and when I wake up in the morning, love. Right. He just, <laughs> oh, no. So he was like in his late 30s when he, when I he think, made that song? Yeah, I think so. When he got his first major hit, okay. I think he was okay. he was older, older gentleman. I think that's how the story goes. I mean, yeah, same man. with Tyler Perry and Steve Harvey and all. They'll tell you the same type of story. They were older. They weren't like young boys when they uh, got in like uh, Chris Brown. You see. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I feel like that people people in general, as you mentioned, like not being afraid to take the long way, or when people really kind of reach their career pinnacle or their peak, right, is when you stop thinking that things need to happen in the order that you envision. Mm. That was right. it. That that was the that was the that's what clicked for me just personally. I remember being the artist who. You know, left in left Delaware in '96. Went to California. Thought you know Hollywood was going to be the ticket. I was going to do my music right. I, it it happened right. It it happened, and then it also uh, brought me back to Delaware. And the moment that I stopped thinking that that I was not, I was that I was going to obtain the house and the, the the luxury the luxurious life that I wanted to have just in this order from getting the deal and everything like that. It all happened when I stopped trying to have it in a certain order, mm, you know? Mm, so that mm. is if, if, if to drop a gym for anyone, that's when the, when it clicked for me, you know, yeah. personally, so. you know what? And I think it clicks because, and this is just one man's theory. Um, but I think it clicks because my friend Mamie said, that one of the things she's enjoyed about the growth of black food Fridays is that I never lost sight of my North star, mm. right? Like I never lost sight of my North star. And so <clears throat> if your North star is not rooted in something substantial, right? If your North star is rooted in getting women or getting money, Oh, the universe will respond. It will give you all the women you want and it will give you all the money you want. And the universe will be like, that's what you asked for. Right. right. And I think that when we ask the universe or God or whoever it is you believe in, when you ask for very specific, substantial things, I think that's when you see, you know, your life take off for the better. Okay. So, you know, I wanted to be famous. I strive for fame. It did not work out. Right. I wanted to be rich. I strive for money. It didn't work out when I stopped striving for those material things. And started working on like what is my North Star? What when I'm dead a hundred years from now, what do I want to be known for? I want to be known for elevating and liberating black people. Mm-hmm. I want to be known for getting white people and other people who aren't black to fully commit to supporting black businesses every single week. That's what I want to be known for. And once that became my focus, everything started taking off. Mm everything but if it was just money you know i could have i played college football if i just wanted money i could have just worked really hard to try to go to the nfl you know right. what i mean like right. but i learned real quick in college that that was not for me in high school you right. get to college oh. you'd be like oh that dude's trying to go to the nfl yeah i'm good <laughs> i'm not trying to work out nearly as much as that right. I never he's he, he, he gonna, he gonna take your head off and anybody else's head off the, so for him to get there i get yeah, it bro, <laughs> i don't want them problems i can relate Yo, to you too, but i still like food though <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. like, here, like listen this is the day when i realized there's two things that happened when i played college football that made me realize you're not going to the nfl the first thing was we had an offensive tackle who was training to go to the, he was like a real legit prospect. This is my freshman year. Right. This is senior year. 
before practice, he was lifting weights. Mm. After practice, he was Lift. running <laughs> suicides on a football field. He's an offensive tackle. Right. I'm like, what is this man doing? And they were like, oh, yeah, he's training. Training for what? The zombie apocalypse? <laughs> like, no, nah, this man's trying to go to the NFL. I'm like, right. you got to work out like that to go to the NFL? It's like, well, I mean, that's the start. I'm like, A start? <laughs> what are you talking about? And then the second thing that happened is we had a dude. I got recruited to play quarterback. But that coach retired, and then a new coach came. So I got moved to defense, which is fine. You know, I played defense in high school as well. And so he came from University of South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And so he brought some dudes with him down to, you know, to, to our college, South Carolina State University, uh, home of the Mighty Bulldogs and the Marching 101. <laughs> I forgot, Jeff. Say so, it all together. Yeah. And so um, we had this dude who came down. He was a running back. I was strong safety. And I was like, oh, you know, this man think he coming down here that he going to run shop. Like, we play ball down here, bro. Like, we not the one to sleep on. So I remember, bro, they sent me on a blitz. Mm. I timed it perfect. I was strong safety in college. Right. I timed it perfectly, bro. I had a straight beeline to this man. I remember dropping my shoulders going for the form tackle. Like I had so much time. I had to, I could do like the practice. Tackle. Like, right, right, I could, right. I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm about to form tackle this man, bro. I end up hugging myself and doing a split. <laughs> when he got the ball, somehow he was able to receive the ball, stop, spin, and keep going at the same time. I don't know how he, like, I didn't see this until I watched the film. I'm like, I look up, this man 40 yards <laughs> down the field. I'm like, oh, that's what, like, Clemson, USC, right? Like, that's what big boy football look like. Right. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just here. I'm, ha I'm happy to be on the team. I'm happy to be <laughs> if that dude can't get playing time, I'm right. good. Like, I'm, I'm right. all right. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. 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 See y'all at home, buddy. Um, all right, before we go, before we go, like you said, you would be our best, one of our best uh, interviews for sure. We probably could talk to you forever. But uh, I was curious to know, because it's sending you like photo shoots and stuff like that. You got a, a, hoodie, a hoodie and a cup that says, who made a potato salad? Is that like a, a like, where's that brand come from? Like, is that your brand? Is that somebody else's brand? No, Greg, uh, thank you for asking. It's the name of my um, newsletter. Okay. So I do a newsletter called Who Made the Potato Salad where, um, you know, I randomly, you know, some things that might be too long for an Instagram post. Okay. You know, I'll put it in the newsletter, some, you know, some research I might find. Like I found out that uh, there's some some researchers in Texas that are using, we talked about okra, right? Mm -hmm. They're using the mucus from okra to clean microplastics out of water. Huh. What? Yeah, that. like that mucus is amazing. People be like, it's uh, really that, yeah. uh, it's that mucus that, is amazing. That, that viscosity, that vis yeah, that viscosity. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? And like, so I put that in the newsletter. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. if I do giveaways, I'll do it in the newsletter first. Like, let mm -hmm. them people know what's going on first. Right. Um, we'll be coming back out with merchandise, but you know. That I was selling them for a little while, but mm -hmm. I didn't like how the product was looking, so mm. we took it down. Because again, you know, I'm James Beard nominated now. I can't be having no raggedy. <laughs> I can't I be out here with no raggedy. 
Yeah, no, no, no. We got to do it right. So, yeah, but thank you for asking. That's the newsletter. Go to blackfoodfridays.com and join the Who Made the Potato Salad newsletter. All right. All right. So, on the, along the lines of uh, potato salad, I got a short story. I remember probably one of my first um, UD football games, no, basketball games I went to. And, uh, uh, you know, my, my, our, our Rob and I's wives, their family are Blue Hens, UD uh, Blue Hens for yeah. 40 years lineage. Like her dad is one of the first black men that worked in the Bob Carver Center, all the whole nine lineage, mm-hmm. their history. But I remember getting like the platter of food. It was like, you know, you pick your, pick your sides, pick your meats or whatever. And I had the potato salad at the, uh, at the game. And I tasted it, and I was like, "Who making this potato salad? Because there's gotta be a black woman making this potato salad." And I used to say it like each time I would go to the game, yeah. Until I like finally, you know, just asked, like, "Can you show me the person who making this potato salad?" And right, sure enough, sure enough, bro, it was it was one of our sisters, black women making making the potato salad. By the way. <laughs> black food fact. Let's end with a black food fact. Okay. Black people did not invent potato salad. Mm. Oh, is that, that like a t- is that Italian? No, nah, it's German. Yeah, it's German. 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 That area yeah. making potatoes because it's so the climate and shit. Right. 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 And mustard. Right. 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 So right. like again, like I said at the beginning, they yep. made it a hotline. We mm. made it a hot song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know yes. I mean? Yes. Yes. So there's a lot of examples of someone who introduced something and then another culture gets their hands on it and it's like it's ours now right <laughs> right it'd be interesting us just just to also just piggyback off of that there's the you know there's a, you know there's a german um beer festival or oktoberfest that happens here in like smyrna or uh mm-hmm. townsend area mm-hmm. anyway it's in september so um, and it's like ten dollars or something for right. if you if you're if you're like non-German to go like oh, okay. and rise and everything. So like maybe we should check that out. Guys. Wait, wait. If you're non-German, how do they verify your Germanness? <laughs> so I can't. I, say, I don't. I don't. I don't know either. So I can't say I Robert Gunter. I gotta go and say Robert because Gunter is go, a Gunter is a German last name. name. <laughs> <That's> right. <Gunther. laughs> right. Right. That's right. Your worst. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just learned about it. I just learned about it last night. I need to do some research, but uh fair. Yeah. fair. And now, but now yeah. I'm interested in tasting their potato salad. Not interested. I'm just curious. All right. Curious. And you know, <laughs> and to be fair, <laughs> I don't even know if it's a, it's a thing that Germans still eat. Still right. eat. Right? right? Like, you know, late they might have moved on from that. I yeah, don't they, know. They but... make like their sausage and their sauerkraut, you know. And, and their brewskis, you know, brewskis, like they focus right. on their, other things. Brewski. Right, yeah. yeah. Right, but someone yeah. told someone. Uh, I think like Poland, that areas, Poland and areas in that in that region, they do potatoes mm-hmm. are still a big deal because of big some, deal. Of the, some of the climates are harsher and potatoes can grow damn near anywhere. Grow in any climate, <laughs> yeah. So that so that makes that was, sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, once again, I want to thank uh, KJ for coming on the podcast. KJ, this is great, man. Yeah. We're great. Thank We're you. Great. The James Beard. You don't have to. You don't have to answer. You don't have to answer this, KJ. but I imagine that you being a community leader, um, and you um having meetings, I imagine that y'all are bringing in some amazing food and some amazing black cuisines, like to these uh to these meetings. <laughs> I hope. 
No, no, not at all. I mean, really? Oh, well, I mean, you know, it, listen. Here's the thing about community organizing that I think a lot of people don't understand. Mm-hmm. When you do that Santa Claus shit, mm-hmm. right? Like where you just come and you just give, give, give. Mm-hmm. You don't really build people's capacity to do for themselves. Mm. So like we'll do food sometimes, but then again, we need skin in the game. You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to do this, then I need you to do this to make sure that I'm not wasting my money and my resources to help you out. So yeah, we do bring food sometimes, but it's very specific. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, I, I believe in transactional relationships. Like I know a lot of people don't believe in that. But like, I'd rather you tell me up front what this is going to be so that we right. can all be on the same page. So, yeah, you know, I would love to just be like, hey, let's go to Rodney Scott's and buy everybody smoked wings. Like, that'd be awesome. But, you know, a lot of times you don't get work done because then people just come expecting right. Rodney yeah. Scott wings. Right, right. right. I, you get know? I get it. You got to stay focused. Yeah. got stay focused. The main thing, the main thing. Focus, focus. Yeah. Um, awesome. All, all right. right. Well, thanks again, uh, KJ. Kearney for coming on the podcast and uh, blessing the, the James Beard finalist uh, himself. <laughs> but before we go, and I think you, you kind of already said it, before we go, we always like to know uh, how people can find you and reach you on these uh, worldwide uh, webs and Instagrams and anywhere else you want. So how can they find uh, more about what you're doing and what you're involved in the, and, and more uh, besides just and, and, and anything else you want to tell them uh, in terms of where, where can they go? Yeah, man. Um, again, first of all, thank y'all so much for having me. Thanks to Jamal Lemon for suggesting me as a guest of this illustrious podcast. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so, well, first thing is, please follow me on social media. I'm primarily on Instagram at Black Food Fridays. Um, tag me anytime you go to a black restaurant. You buy a black sauce, catering from a black chef, whatever. Like, and it don't have to just be Fridays. That's a question I get all the time. Yeah. Should I wait till Fridays <laughs> to let you know? Nah, bro. Like, if you only got the time on Tuesday, go buy that man food on Tuesday. Right. And tag me in it, and you know we'll we'll be good to go. So yeah, please follow me on social media. Please join the newsletter. But I'm gonna tell you right now, don't join my newsletter if you know you one of them people that don't like to open emails. Because I got a really good open rate right now, and I'm not trying to ruin right. it just to get more people to follow. <laughs> just be honest. You know yourself better than I do. Don't join the mailing list if you don't like opening emails. Um, but I don't send a lot of emails, so you shouldn't be overwhelmed by it. And then I would say, last but not least, man. Um, excuse me, uh, one of the things that I'm trying to do uh, for the rest of the year, and especially in 2023, is travel. So, you know, we got the show thing, you know, talked about the book thing. But, uh, you know, I want to work with visitors bureaus all mm. around the nation, all around the world, you know. So if anyone's listening is a member of a visitors, a visitors bureau or destination marketing organization, which is essentially like, you know, we in Charleston is explore Charleston or visit right. Durham or right. visit Vegas, whatever. Right. If anybody is, and I don't even care. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to do some work with Birmingham, Alabama right now. Like I want to go everywhere. There's black people. So if you got a little bit of a budget and you're willing to, you know, do some cool stuff related to black food, please, please holler at me, man. Let's, let's, let's make some content and let's highlight black people all over this nation. Nice, absolutely. That's, that's a way. I should. I guess I should ask why. Why is it called Black Food Fridays? I didn't even ask that question. Eh. 
Oh, but then you're right. You did not ask the question. <laughs> well, the goal is to get everyone to buy food and beverages from a black person every Friday. Okay. That's a, there it is. Oh, that, oh, that's why people are saying, Just wait till Friday. Hey, you got that paycheck. Yeah. You get to swipe everywhere else. Buy well, that listen, black cuisine. We got, we got Taco Tuesday, right? Right. And hey. so I'm a writer, and I know that alliter- and I love hip-hop, and right. I, alliteration works. Ask right. Eminem. Right. Alliteration works. Right. And so it was able to put a call to action together with alliteration. It's perfect. Perfect. Right. You know exactly what to do and when to do it. Right. There it is. That, that's definitely definitely always they always say you got to have a call to action and how and how to do it and that is uh, easy enough and like you said tag mm-hmm. tag everybody in, in your uh, Black Food Fridays and, and you're good to go. Um, all right, uh, Dev, how can they find you? Once I take myself off a of mute, you can find me on those on Instagram at Dev Drinks Craft Brew um, or email me as Bruising Banner Podcast Ambassador uh, Dev Drinks Craft Brew at BruisingBanner.com. All right, yo. You can find me in these Vegas streets, baby. <laughs> there it is, baby. That's where you at this week. <laughs> you can find me on IG at IM302YODA. Right. And you, can find, you can find Lou Belgium at Lou Belgium on Instagram. Uh, he's on them. He's on them grams. Instagrams. <laughs> and you can find Bruising Banter Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Bruising Banter Podcast. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts, even Pandora and iHeartRadio, because we are on there as well. You can even say, Alexa, play Bruising Banter Podcast, because we are on Amazon Music for sure. Um, if you want to uh, follow me, Rob, stay bruising. There it is, Rob, stay bruising. Bing, 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 bing. Uh, you can also go to www.bruisingbanter.com, and if you want to pick up merch and find out even more about the podcast and where you can listen to it and all that good stuff or watch the videos as well, check out YouTube and uh, Facebook uh, and Twitter as well. You can watch it live. Remember to smash that like button and uh, and all that good stuff. And uh, until next time, peace, or have a good week, everyone. <laughs> we out. Bye. I've been alone in my thoughts Can't feel this void between us I cannot stand losing you whoa, whoa. All these feelings intertwined uh, Fighting the urge to reach out and my stance remains unchanged, baby I can't help it, I'm so into you